What's up, everybody? Another episode of The Straight Cut coming to you from West End Cigars inside the Members Lounge. I am Aaron. This is Mark. Mark, we have a guest. We do. Who do we got? We have my mother. This is a this is a long promised uh, thing. I, I guess we kind of kept it under wraps, but uh, I talked to my mother uh, a couple three weeks ago. She's driven. She's had her vaccine mm-hmm. like a couple months ago, right? January, she, yep, February. She, she was she she winters in uh, uh, Phoenix, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, she uh, and then she summers in bloomington the beautiful <laughs> bloomington normal and illinois yes the riviera of the midwest that's right i think is sam who is related to paula referred to it the taint of between <laughs> illinois and st louis uh, to start this show off appropriately oh, or the armpit would probably be better no, since my mom's I, here. I said taint and i, I think, know and i got in trouble for that so well, Sam laughed. So uh, he lives there. Um, so and and Suzanne, my sister, I'm sure will listen to this podcast, mm. and I'm sure she's offended. And it won't go without trying. I tried to get my mom on here. I know, and you can see how well that worked. Well, so. I know she's she's. This is Mother's Day, so I know that she's uh, celebrating Mother's Day with her family. So yeah, we'll give her a path. Yeah, and, you know, and she has a, her first granddaughter. That's uh, pretty awesome. Who is with you know yeah. my. I guess my niece now being born just a couple months ago. Yeah. Yeah. So we are actually filming on mother filming on recording on mother's day. Right. Filming. Uh, we should do a filming thing. No, we no. shouldn't. We're hideous. <laughs> uh, so we are actually the smoking. face only a mother could love. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find that out later on. Um, so we're smoking two different things. You and I, Mark, we're smoking the Placencia 146 code chase. I believe I, we believe we, I, I don't know how to say it. I That's looked true. up two different videos. One said one way. One said, oh, we're smoking the Blasencia 146, whatever. I'm like, well, you're not fucking helping me That's out. That's right. That's not that. helpful. So phonetically, I think it's Kosecha. Kosecha. I right. don't, I don't it's know. It's the pretty white and uh, silver band. Mm. Yes. Uh, so it's easier. To, and it's not named Alma. <laughs> no. So it. So it's <laughs> named the 146 uh, because this is harvested from... 2011 2012 but it was the 146th harvest for the tobacco so, oh nice so that's, that's why fancy. i got the name yeah oh, that's fancy but it's still a name that everybody knows that i speak such perfect english you're fluent i'm fluent uh, i'm fluent right. in gibberish and I, like, yeah <laughs> yes like me and mo were sitting outside the other night and i said a word and she looked at me i was like is that not a real word no she was like no it's not i was like i, I don't swear even know what is. he said I but i'm sure it's it not a real word and it ends up being not a real word but it means another word for potato sweet potato um but it didn't yam. mean that but she was like she was like you did that a few times on our what? show i was like yam what yeah <laughs> no it was like no. i forget what it was so Chaz I, and i were talking about that the, it's it is truly the brilliance of Aaron. He makes up a word. <laughs> he combines two words. And Chaz just, was talking about I this. I just blow through it like nothing Cause happens. Because Chaz was on the herf, and he said the great part about Aaron is he makes up a word, and you look at him and you go, "That dude, that that's not a real word, but I know exactly what you mean." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's a special. <laughs> it's like a that is my that is my superhero power. It is. It's not that useful, but <laughs> once again, I understand what you mean. Who needs who could who needs to stop a speeding train or a, right. a flying bullet or whatever when yeah. I can just make up shit and people know what I mean. I know. That's the impressive part. Making up shit, yes. Not that impressive. 
getting people to understand you more impressive. That's, that's so we went that's to Mother's Day brunch today at Ocean's slash Arthur's in the in the weirdest looking <laughs> restaurant there is. It is it's a former car lot. It's a former car lot, and it's the we were on the ocean side, and so and then the Arthur's side. We didn't go to the bougie side. Just I mean, for, they're all well. I guess Arthur's is the more bougie side. But we went in the middle, and then my mom, I think, is still irritated that you don't know what exactly was in the stuffing. No, I will have to call and talk to the chef sometime. Between my wife was and mother, so. I didn't have the stuffing because I didn't want to reignite the conversation. But Paula and mom both went uh, and were randomly stopping people. Do you know what's in the stuffing? Do you know what's in the stuffing? Was it, was, I mean, was it that good? It, no. They it just was wanted sweet to know. and moist, unlike any stuffing I've ever had. But they before they ate a bite... They wanted to know what was in the stuffing, and they were unhappy with the answer. See, I don't think of stuffing as like seafood stuff, though. Well, it was a combined buffet between oceans. Uh, okay, okay. For the record, um, they still can do uh, beef. Yeah, I mean, they do. I know they do the <laughs> surf and turf. Beef was I've, awesome. I've heard and the sushi ocean, well, is... I've heard, I've heard ocean sushi is the best in the city. The sushi was... The sushi game was strong. I went back and went, can you give me three pieces of that and four pieces of that and seven pieces of that? Sushi was excellent. Yeah. I mean, especially for buffet. For being so damn landlocked as we are, Little Rock's got some pretty good sushi places. Yeah. Yeah. Sushi Cafe. Hell, even it's a chain, but rock and roll sushi. I know you had an iffy experience with it. Yeah. You don't want to actually say that to Paula. I had an okay experience. Well, somebody, yeah. But anytime you can get filet mignon or for Mo, since she's listening, filet de mignon. On, <laughs> on uh, a sushi roll? Hell yeah, yeah sign yeah. me up. Yeah, it was, okay, the weird Aerosmith references to, related to seafood is, <laughs> was weird. But So I said we're smoking two cigars, so. You are it? smoking a Java, right? Because you, yesterday. Yes. We, we, we drove around mm-hmm. because uh, Paula had a headache after being, I guess, assaulted by rose smell at one of the shops. Yeah, one of the. Shoe shops. Yeah, one of the shoe shops apparently smelled like Rose. Um, and so we drove around Conway yesterday. That was fun. Mm, that was fun. And uh, we went to the fried pie shop. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I've heard that's good. Oh. Um, we haven't eaten any yet. I d- I'm not a fried pie fan. And really? inside smells like fried pies. <laughs> well, I mean. I, you know, it, it's a reminder or of a 50s diner yep. because Those had a cool know, all, the walls are covered with all that. Yeah, uh, old Elvis paraphernalia and stuff. Yeah, Elvis yeah. was there. A lot there. of Three Stooges stuff. Elvis hadn't left the building. <laughs> 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 yeah. So what, what fried pie? did you ha- Have you had one yet? No, I haven't oh. tasted it yet. I'm going to take it for the road trip to St. Louis tomorrow. They did not oh, okay. have any chocolate Fried pies. No. I mean, you got to go classic cherry, I would assume. Or apple. I got her a cherry cheesecake, and we got a couple pecans, and then Mm -hmm. we got roadkill. Roadkill. I don't remember what the last one was. I don't know either. No, but then they had a root beer float. Yep. A and W root beer float. The OG root beer float. And I hadn't had one in years. Uh, When growing up in Mason City, Illinois, had a great aunt and uncle that had an A and W stand, and it was always a treat to go over there and 
have the A and W root beer. Yeah. So, so Mason City is a really small. You'll find this hard to believe. Mason City is a really small city. Mm-hmm. It's near Easton, which is smaller. Smaller, maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe five hundred people. So yeah, Mason there, City looks down on Easton. Are there any stop lights? Oh no, no, no. stop signs. Yeah, stop lights are outlawed in Illinois. <laughs> I don't think Easton has a stop sign, uh, but Mason City has a four-way stop sign, and on and all the main streets, the Chestnut and Main, that divide the town and quarters. I think every street that feeds into them has a stop sign. Yeah. Oh, so on. I could say Easton probably has I stop they signs. Yeah. Um, they do now, I think. Um, but Mason City has it on their on their their billboard when you enter town. <laughs> we have a stop sign. <laughs> F U Easton. <laughs> Just little jabs at the city. Yeah, yeah I remember because we, we. I mean, obviously, we had family there, so we would go and see. Like, we'd have like go see basketball games and stuff mm-hmm. there. We had a lot of family there. Yeah. Well, my dad was a basketball coach. Yeah. And so after World War II, he landed a job back in Mason City, which is nine miles from where he grew up in Easton. Well, really, he grew up in what was called Teheran. And a lot of people from Iran and would come and look at Teheran because they thought it was Tehran. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a when growing up, Tehran had a gas station. I believe it had a church, and it had a grain elevator, and probably eight to ten homes. Now, I think the majority of that's gone. And they were all the same family? No, I don't think so. I mean, we had down the road from my grandparent Corbin house, we had the Hatfields. And we had the McCoys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, you know, we had. Yeah. Tierra, that's an Illinois tradition because we have, we've mispronounced most of the major. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, it's, it's oh. really kind of embarrassing. San Joe's. Yeah. San Joe's. San, when the schools consolidated, and I, help me, I don't know because I was gone by then, but. Easton, Mason City, and San Joe's Tri-City. consolidated. Yeah. And my dad's younger sister was a teacher. His older sister was a teacher. Everybody in the family was teachers. Mm-hmm. And dad sent me to Western because he went there. And I was supposed to be a teacher. But I, I kind of walked to a different drummer. That's me chuckling. Say, is that? that's, that's me chuckling because that's like that's like saying water is wet. That's like the understatement of the year. Um, that is, she, you do walk to your own your mm-hmm. own beat. I I walk uh, the road less traveled. Uh-huh. I enjoyed listening to uh, the young lady from New York, Ash. Ash, Ash. Yeah. yeah, and I would love to meet her um, and. What she's doing, and then you had somebody else on that does sends out emails. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I, I still haven't figured out the blend mm-hmm. at seventy six years of age. What I'm going to do with my life? I'm still working on that. Yeah, you, you've done a ton of things, though. I mean, when oh, we talk I, about 
your life and all the things you've done in your life, besides raise my sister, which is an, an amazing accomplishment. She survived childhood. She did. <laughs> she did. She um, she was a troublemaker, but oh. I mean, and she, uh, I mean, and I know she was. <laughs> yeah, no, I, no, wait, now no, I need it. Okay, from that reaction right a there, video I, of that. I need to know why I got that reaction now. Well, I mean, because I mean, she, she's going to cover up for my sister right now. She's uh-huh. she's clearly um, going to say that I was the troublemaker. Susie could get him in trouble. Oh, I, she, I won't. I won't deny who, who, that. Who's, who's the older? Mark okay. by three years, okay. and see, he had he had all the attention, all the love, uh-huh. and and uh, rightfully so. And when Humble. she came along, some. Some older siblings love yeah. to have that addition yeah. in the house. Yeah. Oh, I fucking hated it too. I was a, I was an only child for eleven years. Oh, see, I was only for three. And it was like, who? But is? she was a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I mean, let, let me let's let's be honest. I mean, if, um, if she had been perfect, then that would have been yeah. Different. But she was. Um, first of all, she's probably one of the. Uh, the best human beings I know. So that we'll we'll get that away. We're gonna we're joking right now, but I won't cut that part out. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> um, but she has a unique way, especially as a child, to get under me. And as a matter of fact, in Hot Springs Village, um, we're gonna tell a story that is probably the statue of limitations is over on. <laughs> <clears throat> but and and I think you know where I'm going with this one. So before I tell this story, I'm gonna say you're smoking the Java Maduro. Maduro. Yeah. And the reason is because you stopped, we stopped up at Conway. I, I sort of got distracted, much like my mother does. I can, uh, t- I can tell you got distracted because you're, I couldn't make sense of your text that you're sending me. Should, uh, should, should I read the text back no, and, and how no, I got them? Uh, well, I was just wondering if you were going to be up there because we were going to stop by the shop. But it's crazy how, like, just the wrong punctuation right. changes punctuation everything. And I was like, yeah. I even showed Mo, I was like, this. Am I, am I having no, a stroke? I was just wondering if you're up there because okay. we were going to stop by the yeah. shop first. If you were, because I was going to introduce my mom to you, to you both because I knew you were up there because mm-hmm. I saw your post. saw the picture, yeah. Yeah. And so, but then when you weren't, we made it the last stop. So we stopped by Joe and uh, my mom started grilling Joe on for cigar flavors. Uh-huh. And he asked, or she asked, uh, Joe, when Mark describes a cigar as tasting like a chocolate bar, what does he mean? And then Joe went, into 15 minutes on <laughs> what he means is it's rich and he really doesn't have, he's not articulate and he doesn't have words and that's what he means. It's rich. And so he, he equates it to a cigar, a chocolate bar. Cause it's also rich. Mm-hmm. See, I wanted to know if there was anything leaves or yeah. beans sprinkled ground up mm-hmm. and no. sprinkle in there. So there's some of the some of the ways the aged so leaves will make give you a note of like yeah. cocoa beans. So like the or traditional espresso. stuff, like the stuff that we like him and I are smoking right now, you'll get more like that cacao flavor, that mm-hmm. bitter chocolate. But like something like what you're having, they'll actually yeah. infuse it with the flavoring of said either it be chocolate or latte or or whatever. So yeah, so that natural cocoa flavor, that's where you get that. 
Yes. Yeah. You get that richness from, from it's that. a rich, it's a rich sort of bitter chocolate or, mm-hmm. or dark chocolate mm-hmm. flavor. It's not like a, although oh, occasionally you get a, you can be a little chocolate. sweet because you'll get, you get some sweetness, yeah. natural sweetness and it but comes not out like of, a raw chocolate. No, it's the way they age the leaves mm-hmm. that'll give you the, f- it's like, it's like coffee. The way they, they uh, roast the coffee will give you the yeah. sort of the hint now, sometimes what they straight up do with coffee is they flavor the coffee. Yeah, straight flavor, yeah, hazelnut or whatever. What you're else. smoking is the is the Java Maduro, and they what they've done is straight up flavor that. So you're getting a lot more, and that's a that's a really I like that cigar. It's really smooth, great cigar. Mm-hmm. I mean, every time we do a cigar festival or a, or a tent thing, that's the number one seller because it yeah. does. It has a pleasant aroma. Mm-hmm. It's easy to smoke. It doesn't matter if you've never smoked one before at all or. Right. It doesn't have a it doesn't have a bad aftertaste, so it's mm-hmm. a it's a really nice cigar to smoke. No. Yeah. Like so, so getting back to my sister, we were in hot. We my, mom and I and my grandparents, um, and my sister and I spent three summers down here in probably, Hot Springs. Probably, probably. And my grandmother. Um, by the time we moved down here, uh, my grandfather had had a stroke. Right. And my so my grandmother or my mother was always driving us around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was maybe 13, 12. You weren't driving yet. I was not driving yet. Mm-hmm. The world was still safe. <laughs> <laughs> and my sister, so my sister was eight or nine, maybe 10. And she had spent the whole summer talking in a bad, because my sister does not do accents well, southern accent. Oh, God. Right. She didn't learn <laughs> no. my Mason City yeah. <clears throat> accent. No. no. She was doing a bad Southern accent for the whole fucking summer. <laughs> <laughs> and at some point, I had instructed her while we were driving back. I still remember the road we were on. Mm. That she needed to stop. <laughs> You're embarrassing me. <laughs> you just need You're to so stop annoying. irritating me. Yeah. <laughs> right. And like, then I gave her a, like can, a. Can you can you try to mimic it for us? I I cannot because oh. I will irritate myself and then be forced to do what I did to my sister. <laughs> um, and then I gave her, I believe, a one minute warning: you either stop in the next minute or there will be repercussions. She did not, and I might have punched her as you're in the back seat, just yes. fighting between siblings. Like, and oh. mom, do you remember what you said after that? Oh, I if it were grandma, she would have said something. Uh, I think no, you or I... grandmother said, and I do not remember. My grandmother was just one of the coolest people in the world. She, one of them said, he warned you. <laughs> <laughs> Which set down the gr- ground rules in our family pretty clear. Yeah. So, like, I, I kind of have the same story involving my parents. And I, Your dad hit you? No, 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 no. <laughs> so, this was back when my parents were dating. And I wasn't around yet. Um, they were having some sort of dinner at like my grandma's house. And my mom kept like poking my dad, me- messing with him. And he was like, I'm going to stab you. I'm going to stab you. I'm going to stab you. <laughs> and he did, and she just kept poking. And he like grabbed his fork and like poked her hand. And she like got all whelped up. And my grandma was like, he warned you. You've been clearly warned. <laughs> and like to this day, she will, she does not remember that and says it's, it's false. And dad's like, nope. It's true. But you sometimes don't want to remember <laughs> right. um, things right. that you know yeah. um, you cause. But 
So you, I remember as a kid, you worked at General Electric. I did. I took a job, a temp job. It turned into a full-time job. I really had not. Prior to that, I worked typing up the bills of lading at Nussbaum Trucking. In oh, Norwell. that's right. I worked evenings because your dad obviously worked at State Farm during the day. That way he could cover us. And he was taking classes for his master's. And so I would go in 7, 8 o'clock at night at Nussbaum. And I'd come home whenever we were finished. After all, the truckers had brought in their bills. And the machines that we had were these huge, huge key punch machines. Now, this was 70s, mid-70s. So I, I did that. Sometimes I'd get home at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Then I did venture into working uh, a secretarial job. And I have very little skill when it comes to secretarial. I begged my parents to take a typing class one summer, and I couldn't take all of the four weeks, I think it was, because I was going off to Eastern to, to a recreation camp. So my mother didn't think it was necessary for me to learn any business skills. I was supposed to get all of the prereqs for college because my generation was sent to college to find a man. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't important that you, you really had a skill. So, so I worked at General Electric. Uh, my first position there, I was secretary out in the Logitech, I think, department. Logistics? No, it was, it, they made circuit breakers. Oh, wow. They made circuit breakers out there. And so I did my best to be a secretary. I eventually got on full time. I moved into the office area. I was in the purchasing. Um, then I was in the computer area. Wow. And those were the days when you had to step up into the computer room. <laughs> and the, you had the big reels. And yep. it was freezing yeah. in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was, it was a learning experience because I had never really been in a factory before. But the best part was that I made some good friends. Uh, your dad and I played on the golf league. And, uh, you know, so we, you know, it was. Yep. Then after that, I did alterations at Bergner's. Yeah, I remember that. Mm -hmm. you, you made some good friends out there. It, Mom is a, a very talented, you don't necessarily enjoy doing it, I don't think. But uh, she's very talented uh, seamstress. I think that's the prim proper term. I learned from my dad because he learned in the Navy. Right. Yeah. And it was something you had to do. Yeah. Mm. Um, I wanted to go to New York to be a fashion designer. Oh, wow. And my mother said, nope, you're not going out there with those kind of people. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I, you wouldn't be here if I had. It's true. So, you know, you know yeah. I guess you could say mother knows best. <laughs> uh, I don't, I'm not sure, but. <laughs> it would have been cool. I mean, it would have been cool to be out in New York. I mean, I, you think about that world, because what, that's. Say New York in the. 60s. 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 I, yeah, I graduated high school in 63. 
Yep. And then along came Hate Ashbury. Yep. And oh, I thought it would be cool to go to San Francisco. And you know, I've always had these dreams. And and you said that I've done a lot of things. I've I've lived yeah. in Jamaica mm-hmm. off and on for three months. Yep. Um, really explored what it had to offer. And was okay. glad to get back. Lived in Colorado for five or six years. Well, I was totally gone for eight years. Eight but years. I went to Davenport when Lauren, my oldest granddaughter, was born, because Suzanne and Rich were finishing up at, at Palmer Chiropractic School. Yep. Um, yep. Lauren, who just got married. Shout out to Lauren and uh, Andre. Mm, Andre. Three tries is, I guess, enough. I, I guess. They kept postponing it because of COVID, and they yeah. finally just uh, got mad and went down to the justice piece, yeah, probably just, oversimplifying it. But. Let's just have a Zoom wedding. Right. Mm. It was on Facebook, actually. It, so I saw it, it and was, it was on Facebook. Yeah, it was. We're uh, going gonna to have a get-together in the fall. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were allowed in the court into the courtroom, mm-hmm. and there were several weddings, but Lauren and Andre's was first. They get in there. Logan, my second granddaughter, stood up for Lauren. Yep. And the uh, Nick, who introduced the two together, uh, was was standing up. And and Suzanne and Rich and I were out waiting for them to come back out. So it was very. It's awesome. Very small, very intimate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. So yeah, you lived in Colorado, wrote it in the newspaper when you were out there. I worked for a weekly newspaper because everybody knew the news by the time the paper came out on Wednesday. But um, I sold ads and they let me write because I was going to be an English teacher. They let me write stories. Yep. And they, I would go cover the opening of yep. a ski resort mm-hmm. that had opened back up. Um, Joan Rivers was starting her talk show on one of the radio, uh, TV stations. And so they, uh, newspapers that were weeklies were allowed to send a representative. And my editors and publishers, which were husband and wife, neither one wanted to go. So I went down. Nice. And in a little circle with a small, you know, she's just so tiny. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting right next to her. And I said, you know, I saw you in Off-Broadway, in Broadway Bound. She just lit up. Yeah. She says, oh, I've always wanted to do that in New York. And she said, you saw me there? And I said, yes. I, I stood up and took a picture of you, and I was for sure they were going to escort me out. <laughs> 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 to this day, I still have a mug that I got from there. But awesome. no, no picture. Awesome. Yeah, that was Evergreen, right? Where was it? No. I worked, no. The first newspaper job was in Idaho Springs, which right. is on I-70. The twin tunnels are there. And... There's all kinds of gold mines around there, but it's really known for a pizza place called Bojo's. Oh, okay. And people would take their little square napkins and draw on them, and they'd get posted on the walls. Mm-hmm. You know. Nice. Um, but then I did later work for the Evergreen I remember paper. the Evergreen mm-hmm. one. So. Yeah, I did that too. So. And then came back and finished your career as everyone's done in the family but me working for State Farm. That's right. 
tried. So you're well, that's your next adventure. So no, no, oh, I'm he, a hard no on that. He he will <laughs> never live in Bloomington normal. He didn't want to live there because his mom and dad lived there. Yeah, and because his dad moved it, before mainly him, my but, sister, but that's fine. Yeah, you, you pick whoever you want. <laughs> no, I I love Bloomington normal. It's it's a it's dear to me, but I don't. Um, yeah, I don't want to live there anymore. Um, I wouldn't. I lived there for for the record for a long time, mm-hmm. twenty years. It's it's a it has a lot to offer. It does it's a it's a good mix. It has a good steak and shake. It, uh, oh. I heard it has a has a couple of pizza places. No, I mean it's. Uh, it had it was known to have more restaurants per capita than any city. And when Dairy Queen decided to do the outdoor, you know, they have the outdoor with the TVs and the fireplaces, it, for the longest time, had the largest Dairy Queen in America. But you have two universities, you have Home at State Farm, Mitsubishi used to be there, and now we have um, the the electric truck company there. It's a great city. No, and it's got a lot of economic benefits to it. I just, I didn't want to work at State Farm for obvious reasons. That's where everybody else in the family did. <laughs> um, and if you don't want to work there or go get a job in university system, it's it's a dead bounce. town to you. Yeah, yeah you got to bounce. Yeah. yeah. Plus it snows there, I heard. <laughs> So. But I lasted 16 years, and I've never lasted that long in a marriage or in a job. So Yeah, you did great at Safe Farm. You, mm-hmm. you threw out there. I was mm-hmm. really proud of the way oh, thank you. you, because you went into the call center, and you not only did well, but you grew in that role, and you, you, you did some pretty innovative things with the, with because you were on the tech side of that. The, uh, when I started at State Farm, we didn't use computers at the newspaper. Mm-hmm. I had some type of computer typewriter when I was going to college, but I wouldn't call it a computer. And so I had not experienced computers. Uh, I had wasn't even on the web. And I returned to Bloomington Normal in 97, got on with State Farm finally in 90, 98. And here I had to learn computers and the screens and talking to people and it was intimidating at first but once I learned it um, as I did thrive at yeah, it you did. and we had paper job aids we'd flip the pages to because there were certain protocol certain phrases you had to say mm-hmm. and so I myself and two other people developed what we called the online job aid. So that was probably the one thing that, you know, I did yep. did do. I, you know, I came up with the idea myself. So um, my mom is the real Jake from State Farm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she thrived. I mean, and the fact is you came in there with that. That wasn't your chosen field. And to be honest with you, call center stuff. Oh. Um, that's that's some hard Pe- stuff. People skills. I had. I have yeah, to yeah. say, I you have, got people skills coming I out your ears. People <laughs> skills. Now, my degree was in therapeutic recreation. I know. And I did work in that area. Yeah. But when you come back to Bloomington, your choices are State Farm and State Farm. Yeah. Yeah. Or the University of or Illinois State University. 
Mm-hmm. And I couldn't figure out where I could end figure up there. So. Yeah, you got to teach. So. Yeah, my mom and I, so um, my parents were divorced. I think we've talked about that on the podcast at least once. Uh, thank you, Art. And uh, I saw Art came back from Mexico, by the way. Mm-hmm. And I, we need to... <clears throat> We need to follow up with yeah, Art need to on touch that. Base with, touch yeah. base with him because because uh, that. Um, but that aside, um, um, and you and I went to college at the same time. Yes, we did. So, and she went back as an adult because I sure as hell wasn't an adult when I went through college. <laughs> it's like a Rodney Dangerfield <laughs> movie, isn't it? Well, she did college. Uh, she went back and she, she graduated. She walked. Mm-hmm. I walked. I um, <laughs> I was walking in the Union. Braden, mm-hmm. and they had tables set up. And, I mean, I knew the 50s and 60s music. Mm-hmm. I'd listened to uh, Barbara Streisand and Neil Diamond. Oh, I got it. Yeah, and every every year down at the State Farm, State, uh, State Fair. Fair. Willie Nelson. We would go down, and we'd spend the afternoon in the beer tent, and then we'd make it to the show so that was his introduction to country cnw yeah and willie was about the only one i really listened to until probably the last 15 years um first of all i think i've told aaron that i've seen willie nelson several times through you so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep and but i was walking through the you know the main hallway there Mm -hmm. one time and the table was set up and they had they had entertainment committees that were student run, and here was this this entertainment committee called Loritz, and I walk up and I said, "Well, what is this?" And they said, "Well, we we book shows anywhere from five hundred dollars to three hundred and fifty, and they're open to the public, the students, you know, the university and and the community." And and they said, well, we do jazz and blues and crossover rock and reggae. And I said, that sounds interesting. I'd like to join. Well, within a few months, I was chair of the committee. <laughs> and we would get these tapes from these up-and-coming or down-going uh, entertainers. And, you know, we'd decide who we wanted to bring. Al DiMioli was probably the biggest one we brought in. And we did have him in the big auditorium. But otherwise, we had him in little side rooms. Well, as a committee, you know, we booked them. We got, you know, secured the money to pay for them. We would book hospitality for them. We'd have food for them. And and we'd have to manage the the groupies that would come. Um, We'd (laughs) we'd introduce them. Uh, And I got... I didn't really know the difference between blues and jazz at that point. Yeah. So I got a crash course, and it was fun. Yeah. It was fun. I had a good time. I remember when you were there, we got great tickets for Ziggy Marley, and we got great tickets for John Fogarty. Okay, yeah. Those were good. Those yeah. were good shows. Yeah. Yeah, your dad and I, other than going to the State Farm, we didn't have the time yeah. Or the desire, or probably the finances to go to concerts, uh-huh. but immediately upon uh, leaving that relationship, um, I went to see Neil Diamond. I, you know, I I ventured out, and now you know I go to Nashville quite often. You do. So, I, 
I was asked a couple of questions last night from the Herf. We were we were talking online, and I'm gonna I'm gonna flip the order of the questions. But I was asked, did I get my love of music from you and my dad? And I don't th- I I know you love music, but I don't know that we sat and listened to music as when I was a kid. We didn't. No, we didn't share the same styles. What did I drag you to? Um, I, I remember you taking me to Harry Chapin. I, I've heard the story that you took me to Harry Chapin and Jim Croce when I was mm, running. I don't think so. Nope. I don't I, think so. You told um, me that story. Oh, well. <laughs> I know you took me to 38 Special and um, uh, Jefferson Starship. That's the one I was thinking of. Uh, yeah. And it was in the old Horton yeah, Fieldhouse. Perfectly Be- Perfect sound, acoustical, oh. airplane hanger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean. Great place for two drummers. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. Yep, that one for and sure. You, we saw John Mellencamp and Hart. And you would have been how old then? I'd have been about. 15? You weren't driving. I wasn't yet. driving. 13, 14, 15. It would have mm-hmm. been early 80s, late mm-hmm. 70s. Right. That would be so cool. Like Hart you know, and Mellencamp. How about I say, having your mom take you to Hart? Ugh. That is the band I've always wanted to see. So Aaron is a huge Hart fan. Oh, and it was yeah. it was a good show. Heart in, in in Mountain Camp. She's got a she's got a solo, a solo album coming out. I know. Oh, I can't wait. Mm. I still uh, will occasionally groove on her just playing the mandolin for uh, she uh, Battle of Evermore. I think it is. Hey, give me that. She, give me that little queen. Just. Yeah, I know. And so I and I, so and I answered that. I said no. We didn't really sit and listen to music because like Aaron, I think Aaron's parents like they listen to music together. I yeah. I loved music. As a kid, but I don't recall us listening to music together. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was always playing in the house. It was always like uh, Shadow Facts or Spyro Gyra, mm-hmm. some sort of jazz or... I like Spyro Gyra, by yeah. the way. Like gospel or something like that. Yeah. Then, like, I remember them taking me to a dead show back when I was probably like nine or ten, something like that. So this was like the year right before uh, Jerry died. So I guess 92. Wow. So yeah. I was probably eight. I, I occasionally I get surprised by our age difference, and yeah. I just did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so because that, I was that born, makes sense. You know, I, was, I was born in the mid '80s, right? Yeah, you were born when I graduated from high school. I remember that now. <laughs> um, but I do, <laughs> I do remember. Um, and you are a huge Neil Diamond fan. Oh yeah, I so, took like, I took Susie up to Chicago to yeah. see him. I saw him in Denver when I lived yeah. out there. You're, you like Kenny Rogers as well, because I, I know you've seen Kenny several places. I went down to Kenny Rogers' uh, farewell tour yeah, and down in Nashville when all the various entertainers would sing one of his songs. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end, he comes out on stage with Dolly, and they sing two songs. Islands in the Stream. And then she sings I Will Always Love You. One of the greatest songs ever written. Yes. And then when I got back to Bloomington then, I saw that he was also coming to Bloomington. So I bought a ticket and went to see him. And he was on there with somebody by the name of Rita. And I don't know for sure who. Reba? Rita. No, not Reba. Rita. Rita, R-I-T-A. It wasn't Rita as in what's his name's wife. I'm wondering if it was. in Tom Hanks' wife? Tom Hanks' wife, I'm wondering... Is she a musician? She's a big-time musician. Mm-hmm. Could have Country. been her. Could have been her. Producer and, as well. And then there was Wesleyan's Chorus was there. Nice. But he was, he was not doing well. No. 
It was sad to see somebody that had been so vibrant. Yeah. Uh, And then, two years ago, I was coming back from Phoenix uh, from a two and a half week stay out there. I flew back to St. Louis, and I had already purchased tickets to see Loretta Lynn's birthday bash down in Nashville. So your aunt Shar and I went nice down to see Loretta, and again, all these entertainers came on and sang, and then she sang near the end. But um, Dennis Quaid was basically holding her up yeah, she's, to stand up. She's, she she she's was physically, what is she? She's in her oh, she's got to be close to ninety or yeah, I think at she's least in 90. her nineties. Well. The, the second question, Char- Charlie was playing Do You Like last night with with all of us, right? And it was Johnny and myself and, and uh, Zach, Z-Tigs, and a bunch of guys. And we were just sitting talking country music. And and Charlie asserted that Paul Anka was a good person, like good artist. And, uh, and Johnny and I might have uh, kicked him out of the chat. Well, no, um, I, mean, I, I don't even know who that is. You don't even know, you don't Paul, know Anka who is? Paul Anka is. Puppy Love, right? Didn't he? Puppy mm-hmm. Love. Puppy Love. Paul Anka. He's your kind um, of guy, dude. He's the he was the originator of Low Five, my friend. Really? The, um, no. I'm no. trying to think of. <laughs> I always forget. Uh, no, Paul Anka is, is like. Uh, well, I would I would just sitting here thinking. I was like, if you offered me a hundred dollars to name one of Neil Diamond's songs. I would not get it oh, right. Oh, America. Sweet Caroline. Oh, he wrote, who wrote that? Bum, bum, bum. Um, Neil Diamond. And See, he- I, I, I've only ever heard that song at like drunk piano bars. I know. Well, but yeah, seriously. Well, you He's know, living it, in a big mansion on that song alone. Yeah. <laughs> and he on wrote that drunk song. piano bars. He wrote that song because he needed to have another song and it just popped out. Now, there's a basketball team or football team that baseball i think that has a sweet caroline well, as their the boston red sox boston red sox the, and they they hated boston red sox i'm just going to say that out for for caleb who are who might have the best record in baseball right now <laughs> i know yeah. Yeah, because uh, from last episode, I said the Royals were the best, and we've lost nine in a row, so <laughs> I'm going to shut my mouth on the Royals. Nice yeah. work. Yeah. Nice well, work. I guess whoever plays the music at the, the ballpark yeah. no, decided, the decided yeah. to play it one time, yeah. and the crowd went wild. Oh, sure. And so the owner says, hey, we're going to do it every time. Yeah. No. And it is something that regenerates no it's crowd. it's one of four or five songs you play garrett glitter in, in a in a stadium yeah uh, you get everybody in you get everybody in you play i will rock you in a stadium you play sweet caroline everybody knows well, it's like what uh, i think what the iowa football team does now is like between the third and the fourth they play house of pain mm-hmm. jump around nice it's like nice house of pain would not be an obvious choice but it's a great choice <laughs> i know you don't know who that is mm-hmm. but it's basically a song that's jump around Jump around. Well, it's you know, when you talk about musical groups and I Google them. Oh, do you? Yeah. I'm sorry. How, how, much, some... of, how much of my music do you hate? Well, I wouldn't. I, I really She's don't like hate me, right? any music other than really bad rap. No. I just, I, I don't well, understand it. Yeah. yeah. And it don't, makes... You don't relate to it. I, I tell you, st- I still, um, still some of the rap is really great. Well, 90s is the best. No. No. Well, we were talking. So the other question was. What do you this, mean, no. Wait. No. Back up. 
Um, no. Uh, okay, well, fine. What is? Well, it's clearly the 80s. It's where it came from. Oh, that's soft that shit. aside, so we were talking about supergroups. So there was the obvious, the Eagles is a great supergroup, and we were going through that. And so we were talking about, so give me something that's not a country supergroup or a rock supergroup, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make a call out to my guy, Digital Underground. You want to talk oh, about the guys who yeah. came from there? Yeah, he and just died. Yeah, yeah he just died. And uh, um, in Digital Underground, you think about the talent that mm-hmm. came out of that. And I understand you don't know who, who that is. The Humpty Song? Or? The Humpty Song. It's one of the bands um, came out of the night. That weird, that weird-ass Dan Aykroyd movie, I think. Yes. Um, yeah. Man, what was that? But that's, that's to Not me. Not Caddyshack. No, it was, it was something Dr. Else. Detroit, wasn't it? No, no it was... Man, it was a weird movie. Wasn't the suburbs one? No, I got to figure out what it was. So this is the moment we're, we're vamping for Aaron. But um, we also, and I don't know if you and I went. I don't know who went. Well, we went. So, nothing but trouble. Nothing but trouble. Yeah. I did not see that. I, I didn't either. So Paula is when mom always visits. We always break down at some point, and Paula runs sappy movies by my mom and we watched runaway bride today mm-hmm. what'd you think of that i liked it but i it doesn't make you want to shoot the television like it does me uh well <laughs> you know i mean you don't watch them i don't often. watch much tv and that goes back years i don't watch tv but whenever i have the inclination to sit next to my wife and watch television it Paula makes sure she puts on something that really annoys me to make sure that I don't. Now, the TV that he watched and Susie watched as a child, I only allowed them to watch two or three shows, and they were all on PBS. Uh-huh. I, you know, realize this is into the early 70s. And so they watched Electric Company, Sesame Street. Mr. Green Jeans. Yes. yes. Mr. Green Jeans. And when those were over, the TV was shut off. For the, the record, Mr. Green Jeans is the best. I, I, I had to watch Nova on oh, okay. PBS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aaron, mm-hmm. so this is the thing I say. Aaron looks like he, he isn't like Mr. Renaissance Man. You would get that impression. But that there, right there, sits a bougie res- Renaissance Man right there. He's a chef. I dropped some Nova knowledge he on dropped you. It. Yeah. He's very so articulate. He's he's a reader. He's he's well read. Oh, he's I, yeah, I say articulate. Yeah, I'm so articulate. I make my own fucking words. I know. Like. That's how good you are. <laughs> I'm like Shakespeare. But no, but he's right. But he's well read. He's a poet. Mm-hmm. Well, Shakespeare, Shakespeare has said a lot of very interesting things that are still pertinent today. Mm-hmm. You know, sayings that you don't realize came from Shakespeare. Well, he, he created the name Jennifer. I mean, that's just... Are we grateful for that, or are we upset? I don't know. It's... I mean, do you know any bad Jennifers? Wow. No. Was it Jennifer or Jessica? Now, now I'm, I'm double-guessing myself. You're, you're double-guessing. You're second-guessing yourself. I've See? been asked to correct you whenever you get an analogy wrong. <laughs> who you're second-guessing call- second oh, yourself. Who's calling me out on this? Uh, I cannot tell you. But you're second-guessing yourself. Okay, yes. What name did Shakespeare invent? He invented Jessica, so I was wrong. But yet, you had the humility to double 
just double guess yourself. Jessica and Olivia. So nice. Wow. Let's well, see. And Lauren's middle name is Olivia. Lauren Olivia. No, no, it's Olympia. 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 Lauren Olympia Getshaw. My little log. Yeah, log, L-O-G. And she teaches at Olympia she does. Consolidated School, which is, I think, the oldest consolidated so, school in L-9. So my, uh, the curse that uh, the, my sister has been <clears throat> given by God himself yeah. is that my two nieces... Are just like you. Just like me. That's um, fucking In different awesome. ways. Totally. But both in different ways. It's totally awesome. So it's like, I... Like, I love them both. And, and seriously, I will sit down with Lauren, and her and I will have a total uh, great conversation. And then uh, I sit down with Logan, who I love great, and we have a total Logan conversation. And, and her and I connect completely different than Lauren and I connect. Um, and they're just... Both amazing young ladies, um, but they both remind me of different parts of me, and it is my sister's curse. And it is, for me, a total blessing. See, that's like, I don't know what June is going to be like, my brother's kid, because he wasn't horrible growing up. I mean, there was such a huge age difference between us because... How, eight years? Uh, 13? How eight. long? No. Can't be that much. You're like 12. So before, between me and Sean, I think it's nine, and then me and Ian is 11. So nine-year difference from, you know, oldest to middle. But he wasn't like, I never had to like tag him along to places and stuff because he was so much younger than me. So right. he never really bothered me. But like, I don't think he was a horrible kid because we were, none of us were really like bad kids. We never got in trouble. I mean, I got in one fight that my parents know of that I lost. I got in trouble then. <laughs> But like Sean never did the never Sean never do it. So I don't know. Like they always say, That's like the you're, Matt Gates. If you get political for a second, it's the excuse. I ne I never slept with an underage girl when I was uh, over eighteen. Oh god! <laughs> right. I never. I I never uh, got in a fight that my parents know of. Only okay, take it back to him. How does that dude look like both Beavis and Butthead at the same time? Because mean. science is a wonderful thing. <laughs> Science is a wonderful thing. Yes, he does. <laughs> but like, I, I, I think like we were all just good kids. Like we never really caused problems. You know, I, we weren't part of any bad clique or anything. You know, I was a skater, but also the jock. So I was like, I always said I was like the UN between because the skaters and the jocks and the rockers don't really like each other, but I was that good peacekeeper. But so I always wonder like, how is June going to be? Because Sean really wasn't a terror. And they always say like, you're like two your times. kids are different. Like you're two times as bad. Like your kid is, is like worse than what you were. So if that's the case, then like all of our kids might be just like saints and so stuff. You'll, I don't your, know. Your kid will be a double UN. <laughs> Hold twice the meetings, take twice, twice the money. This could have been an email. <laughs> this could have been an email. This could have been an email. Right. That's the greatest meme of the week that I saw. The CDC still recommends <laughs> that uh, you don't hold meetings that could be an email. Yeah, I saw, I saw Steve Steve post that. Yeah, that was great. Um, so, yeah, so you, you like music. You saw mm. George Strait. That was pretty great. I saw him, yes, on his so Cowboy you Rides Away. You didn't come out uh, on the... Paul Anka's side. Is Charlie right that Paul Anka's great or is Charlie wrong? 
Well, my generation grew up with Paul Anka. Okay. He. I gotta find this dude. He was. He would write his own music. Uh, he. Well, do you know who Annette Funicello is? Mm-hmm. Okay, they. They were good friends. They hooked up. Well, no, they didn't. But. Um, I'm told. Oh, put your story. head on my shoulder. Put, put your, your head, head okay. on my shoulder. Okay. Yeah. So good slow dance and he is still performing today yes he's one of the few but he came out i don't know if he was a new yorker but uh like the jersey boys you know that that whole group and and, uh, but in when i was in high school i went over to the heart of um, heart of illinois fair peoria yep in peoria and i saw bobby vinton so that was the first concert i would go to now you know heart of illinois fair maybe there was 50 people watching him i don't know um what was that what would that be 62 52 60 62 62 62 so i was born in 66 and i've told the story that uh i was the the ring boy at you and dad's or i was the best man it's you and dad's right mm. i was in the wedding party <laughs> i have a picture of me at your wedding <laughs> no was it gary and char's wedding yeah probably gary and char's okay. wedding you were uh you were also um you and Susie were in my sister's wedding dorothy's wedding dorothy's wedding yeah and then because we grew up with the first house that I was in, and you and Dad, we also shared with Gary and Char, right? Mm-hmm. Gary. Gary. Char was still in Springfield going to nursing school. Okay. And she'd come up and stay with him. And yeah. the next weekend, he'd go back to Springfield. Right. So I got to know Char very, very well. Dad's brother, Gary, part of the unholy trio of Gary, my dad, Mark, and Uncle Mike. Mm-hmm. Those three really should not be allowed in the room together. Is that the Bermuda Triangle? Or? It is the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> First of all, um, yeah, just the Bermuda Triangle. We'll leave that there. Those three <laughs> together are a dangerous. Uncle, uh, my uncle, uh, Gary, um, is in St. Louis and married uh, Aunt Char. Mm-hmm. Um, and Uncle Mike is married to Herman, um, in, and he is a doctor in Sweden, I believe. Um, and Uncle Mike is living the life. Mm-hmm. Um, Uncle Mike's, first of all, one of the funniest guys. My dad is hilarious, but Uncle Mike is like, is like almost as funny as I am. Just saying. Wait, wait, what I remember <laughs> of your... Wait, wrong one. <laughs> I was going to hit the crickets. What I remember <laughs> of your Uncle Mike was at Christmas time, he was the one that did all the Christmas shopping for the family. Yes, he, he did, helped. For, for Grandpa. Yeah. yeah, for Grandpa. And even when I think Bessie was alive, she helped. he yeah. helped a yeah. lot. Uh, then he's, he's a super nice guy. Mm-hmm. I remember Paula will, if we ever have Paula on the podcast, she will tell the story. We went over, so Mike's first partner eventually passed from cancer. So he they were together for 
long time. Like and, 20, and didn't live too far from you in Springfield. No, nope, lived probably a mile from mm-hmm. us. Um, and we like <clears throat> had a beautiful house. He worked at the state of Illinois. But we went over and they had a Christmas tree where the ornaments were condoms and <laughs> dildos. Um, and I tried to warn Paula that Mike, the point was to make somebody uncomfortable because that amused him. Uh-huh. And that the trick was to not get uncomfortable because then you win. Mm-hmm. That's the game, right? Yeah. It's just a game. You just go there and flick it. And but just... she got uncomfortable and turned red. And Uncle Mike had great joy in that. And I, I tried to, <laughs> I said, well, I warned you. you should, all you had to do was act, you know, like nonchalant about it. And he says, well, he seemed to get a lot of joy out of that. Oh, we got a ton of joy out of that. I mean, that seems to be like a good family tradition that should that should come back. That it was awesome. I I was I, mean, I was um I could not laugh because it was Paula. <laughs> but I was amused by her reaction as well. I mean, it's a Langenfeld tradition. But that was Uncle Mike. So Uncle Mike it, was he was he was a jokester. He is a, a jokester. Gives a new meaning to deck the halls. It does. Mm-hmm. He 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 he's just he's yeah. He's a great guy. The one story I remember when I was dating your dad was that, because I was raised an only child, Uh but I do have six natural brothers and sisters. And your dad came from a family of 11. And I remember him saying, if you don't grab your food Uh off the table, you're not going to get it. Uh So... Your hand often had fork marks in it. (laughs) So then after your dad and I married, I wanted to make chicken cacciatore. So I would call Bessie, and she'd give me the recipe, and I'd fix it, and your dad would say, "Mm mm-mm. And so I'd go back to the drawing board, I'd call her again, and she'd say, you know, I don't know, I never made it the same way, you know, just... Never really perfect. I could never make it like Mama could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I finally gave well, I, up. And I never met Bessie because um, no, she died. She died. But but Cliff, my grandfather on that side, had the hottest. He made he grew horseradish in his backyard. So I, I was blessed in in several ways. First of all, um, two young parents who we we spent a lot of time together, but. I got to know both of my grandfathers mm-hmm. and my grandmother on your side mm-hmm. extremely well. And I, you know, obviously played golf with uh, your father mm-hmm. uh, like a billion times. Right. The best golf story is when they let you drive it. Uh, they whoa, whoa, they whoa. joined a country club a little further away from Palatine. And we'd always go there to eat. Mm-hmm. And Mark got to drive the golf course a golf cart and it tipped over so first of all so you're you're i must say we've talked golf so many times and you're fine with throwing will and doug under the bus i am for the record i'm totally fine with throwing will and doug under the bus um uh that is uh that is not how did that's the way they tell that's the way they tell the story okay Mm -hmm. Um, the way that it actually happened was grandfather was driving the cart, but they needed a scapegoat. And so, and I was underage, so I was driving the cart. <laughs> the one I remember was uh, <clears throat> we were driving in the ring. Uh, 
grandfather and I, and uh, he was hold. I was not strong enough because the wind was blowing, and we were trying to play golf. I was not strong enough to hold the umbrella in the rain. We're trying to hold the umbrella and drive the cart at the same time. And uh, he had to do both, and he ran the golf cart right into the tree. But I do remember the golf cart tipping over. That was not my fault. Well, I okay. do not. How do you see it? Well, that she know, wasn't I, there. Uh. I wasn't there, so I got it second. <laughs> no, hand, but it was. And <laughs> he probably had to lie. He probably did. So I got one under the bus. I remember. Uh, did you get like? What'd you get paid out for? Uh, well, I got probably paid out in a Monte Cristo sandwich. So mm, <laughs> that was, those were good. <laughs> I remember it was Itasca Country Club. Mm-hmm. My grandfather would always take me up there. My grandfather was a good golfer. He could play. Um, he didn't have a classic golfic swing, but he had a repeatable golf swing um, as I get older and understand things. Um, but what he was was a lot like my dad. He was just somebody you didn't want to bet. Because he was just a competitor, and he was one of those guys who scored. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember uh, growing up watching him play. I also remember grandmother would not tee off on the first hole because it was over a creek, and Grandpa would always say, "Oh no, no, just hit it over the creek, and if you if it goes in the water, then we'll go on the other side." And then she would be mad at him, and 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 all of that. But I remember, I remember two things. I remember him being intense and me learning that behavior later in life and me copying his, because he was serious even when he played with me. He was very loving and would always spend time with me and show me things. And he was probably the person who turned me on to golf first. Um, But I I also remember seeing the way he played and I probably mimicked that later unintentionally um, when I became serious. Um, but I remember eating Monte Cristo sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Oh, those with were it. delicious. Man, those, I mean, they were just the crispiest Monte Cristo sandwiches mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> afterwards. But um, I, I remember loving just playing golf with him because it was him in his environment because it was his country club. It was him doing something he loved to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, went, I mean, he was just such a competitor. And so. And he, he taught me how to golf. When, yeah. when we left Mason City, in 54, it was the end of my third grade year. We moved to Kiwani. He was hired as the head basketball coach. He was hired as a general science teacher. And they wanted him also to be the golf coach mm-hmm. and cross country, either cross country or track. And dad had never golfed. So he had to go out and he bought these wooden clubs, which I wish I'd, we'd held on to. Uh, and he learned how to golf. Yep. And he had some golfers that would go to state. And so mom and I would go out to the golf course there in Kiwani, Baker Park, and he would work with us to learn how to golf. And dad wanted me to go pro because he said, I've never seen anybody that had a natural swing. Natural swing. Unfortunately, I only play about every two or three years. Yeah. And so it's hard to develop <laughs> yeah. uh, the skill in that. But there were two other girls in my class that golfed. One uh, was Pat Wysowski, uh, white now. And her father worked at the golf course. And the other was Nancy Glidden. And 
her parents belonged to the country club in Kiwani. So the three of us never golfed, but we were the only girls in our class that golfed. And it was just, it was a wonderful skill yep. that and it carries through life. Uh, yep, we played, we used to play all, uh, fairly regularly, a couple times a year, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I've, I haven't played in a while, but you do, you do have a good swing and, and hit the ball still. Mm-hmm. Paula uh, also has a good swing and, and can hit the ball. It's just golf's about uh, grinding it out on the range. Neither one of you really well, wanted to do that. We don't, we don't have power. Well, no, I mean, it's about practice. practice it's about practice. practice. Right. Um, so. We would uh, – but – when we moved to Springfield after I graduated high school and dad quit teaching and coaching, he stayed one more year so I could graduate. And then we moved to Springfield. There was a little nine hole golf course pass field and we would go out yep. there and play. Play pass field. And, and I just, you know, I love being out there. I yeah. I almost uh, broke my back on pass field during a snowstorm one time, sledding down that hill oh. on number eight. Okay. That sucked. <laughs> well, the best hill that you guys would slide on was Jersey in Normal. Yeah, the border between multiple Bloomington. times on that hill, almost lost my life. And because they had a they had a they had a little stand of trees right in the middle that you always had to shoot through as a kid. Don't ever tell my mom that. <laughs> split and, split the Y. Oh, you had to split the Y. So, <laughs> and a creek at the bottom. Yeah. Oh, that was horrible. Was awesome. See, that's what. So, <laughs> me, awesome. so me and Mo went driving around Friday night after we got done eating. We just wanted to take a drive, and uh, so we're driving around in Benton. And I was telling her like all these like almost rites of passages that like kids nowadays aren't going to have because I was telling her I was like, yeah, this so this main strip military. It's like this is where we would go cruise, cruise. up and down military. Friday and Saturday night, I was like, we'd go this big lots. That's where you turn around and you go like three miles down the road and you turn around at the, uh, at the photocopy place and then go back. She was like, and what would you do? I was like, that's it. That's it. That's all you would do is like, you would just, you'd meet up at one of the parking lots and then like, you'd have like burnouts or you'd have, you, you know, you just holler at girls or whatever you try. I mean, that's just what you did, but they passed the law like five, six years ago where it's now illegal to cruise. I'm like, mm. so now like all the high schoolers now, they're not going to get that feeling of just what driving back and forth between two random what spots cruising was. Yeah. Or like cruising the square of like, like an old city or whatever. Like you just, it's that shit that kids now aren't going to get. It was, I mean, we know, I mean, it was okay. I mean, it was fun, I guess, you know, I, I never got any dates or anything out of it because I was a, Weird. You were the UN. You saw everybody. Yeah, but yeah, everybody was out there. Everybody was out because that was the that was where. How much is bigger is Bryant now than it was then? Oh, it's twice the size now. But 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 like but everybody cruised in Benton. But that's where Bryant and Benton would meet, and then you'd have some animosity and everything, and just knife fights. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like like old like uh, gangs of New York style, right? Um, but like yeah, it's one of those things where. It's, I don't know. It was always, it's always fun. There's, there's like, there's no adult version of cruising now other than like as maybe on a boat or something, mm. but party cove. Yeah. <laughs> well, I learned to drive on a 49 Chevy and I would take the car 
I'd tell dad I was going to the library. I'd pick up my girlfriends, mm -hmm. and this was in Kiwani. We would cruise around, yeah. all around downtown. And dad would say, boy, I didn't know it was that many miles. Um, <laughs> I also got, I did not know that you could not drive in a cemetery after night. And we followed its cars of some boys in there, and they were smart enough. They didn't have their lights on, and we did. Mm -hmm. And there were probably four of us girls in the car. And the cops come along, and they haul us down to the police station. And of course, Dad had to come down and bail us out. Um, but then when I moved to Springfield, my mom's a felon. Yeah, <laughs> I we were not fingerprinted there though. And then we moved to Springfield, and they drove. There was a uh, Topps Big Boy that was between 5th and 6th Street. Yep. And 5th and 6th Street were the one-way streets that went all the way through Springfield, north and south. Topps was there when I they tore it down like the first or second year I was there. And the kids drove would drive that in circles. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, Bloomington had a similar thing. They called the gag which they would drive out to the old steak and shake that was out on Morrissey. Now, I didn't do that because by the time I moved to Springfield, I was married, and you know, we had one car, and so yeah. was no, I wasn't out looking for anybody. Yeah. But, but I think every community has oh, yeah. something that kids can get out and relate to. Yeah. And you're right, it's, it's a lost it's starting to be lost yeah because i mean so what's the loss though i mean just that they were not wasting gas or well, they were i mean you gotta think back in like so back this is back when i was in high school so this has been oh one oh two cheap entertainment yeah it was cheap and it was like you'd always have you'd have the 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 like the popular kids with their brand new trucks or whatever sure but then you have the dudes whose dad was rebuilding like a rat rod yeah. out there. And then you'd have like the the high-end girls with mom's Lexus or their own Lexus or whatever. And it was just a hodgepodge of, I mean, just of, of just everybody. And then, you know, we had our normal trucks or whatever. And then we saw the guy up there at Conway with the, uh, oh. with the six, 65 five truck truck. Oh, remember? We were up there. He's got the old, old it, truck. It yeah, hasn't yeah, yeah, been yeah, yeah. restored. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, hasn't, yeah. but he's got like a brand new oh. chassis in there yeah. and a brand new engine yeah. and a brand new, like everything, power steering in it yeah. and everything. Well, like, can you imagine like cruising like Red's uh, oh, purple, oh, purple, purple rain? rain. Oh, oh, my God. Red's car is sweet. <laughs> no, like, yeah. like nobody's going to get that experience anymore, and it sucks. But, you know, at least I got I got mine. So There you go. You got yours. I got mine. That's all that matters. So, a couple questions. You listen to the podcast. I do. So, <clears throat> any feedback on the podcast? Anything you'd like <laughs> us to do more of? Anything you'd like us to do less of? I, oh. I like, what I like about it is the, the topics that you cover. Okay. I like the sports. I like the music. And then you get on to, you know, other topics and, and I've learned a lot about cigars. Uh, so we are, in, we are informative enough. Yeah, we are. You are. <laughs> I know you, because we've had several conversations about the leadership ones. So Yes, I listened to 
Stephen. Stephen, yep. Mm-hmm. Stephen and I, I know in particular, because and I'm going to just bring this up, you because I called you after you heard Stephen and I talk about um, his grandfather and my grandfather mm-hmm. and how that uh, brought tears, I hope, of joy to you when we both expressed love for our family and what we got out of um, out of the chance to live close to our grandfathers. And it, it, it is, those are the emotional aspects of the generations being close enough to spend yep. time together. Yep. My grandfather, Corbin, smoked cigars. And um, my other grandfather, Grandfather Hagen, didn't. He drank whiskey, would go into Easton. Thank you. And as a youngster, he took me trap shooting. Oh, But cool. I was six, six when he passed away. Mm-hmm. So I remember him more being, you know, in bed. Right, the so. last last couple of years, and I started from age six months. I lived with my grandmother, my grandmother Hagen, mm-hmm. and Grandpa. And during the week, I would stay with my aunt Elsie and her husband on the farm. And then on the weekend, I would go with Ruth and Vernon. And so they finally adopted me when I was six. And my natural parents then. Had six more children, so we're right. We were never raised together, but but you were raised near each other. We were raised in the same community, right? And cousins, and we have some uh, memories together, family memories together. My grandmother, my Hagen grandparents lived on the first road outside of Easton. Right. And then the next road, which was the Tehran Road, is where the Corbins had lived. Yeah. And so the farmlands butted up next to each other. Yeah. Uh, my two brothers that was close in age and myself got decided we were going to walk over to the Corbin. And so we walked through the fields. We got there. I, you know, it had to have been a couple miles or more. And we finally made it. Of course, I imagine everybody was wondering where we were. <laughs> but as a youngster, I loved adventure. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother Hagen had a windmill right outside the back porch. And I would climb up the windmill, but then I couldn't figure out how to get back down. And after doing that a few times, they started taking the bottom rungs off. Um, then <laughs> in 52... <laughs> Mom and dad, myself, and my dad's parents, um, Howard and Bird, we went out Route 66 all the way to California. And Grandpa had a younger brother that lived on Sunset Boulevard. And so I was introduced to the Wild West, Mm -hmm. you know, in 52. The Native Americans, uh, and then we went up to San Francisco. And, and I saw things that a lot of my classmates didn't get to see. Yeah. You know, it was, it, it probably spurred my adventure, mm-hmm. my love for adventure. 
and to this day i you know i love to travel i like to go places awesome that's one thing my dad wants to do is travel 66 and just stay at the shittiest motel on the side of the road and Mom's not down for it, oh. but I mean, he's heard the Bates Motel has uh, openings. <laughs> <laughs> but he, like he just, I mean, he because he was, I mean, he was born in '49, and then did really? school, and then went right into Navy, mm-hmm. and then he just never had a chance to really do the adventure side. I mean, he did the adventure side because he was, I mean, he with the Navy with the Navy side. I mean, mm-hmm. stationed out in Tokyo for a couple of years and. You know, Singapore and mm-hmm. Philippines and stuff. And have I told you that? So he was he was stationed in Subic Bay, and where Subic Bay uh, in the Philippines. Okay, Mo's dad or grandpa, I forget, was at Subic Bay as well on the medical side for the in the for the Philippine. Side, so there could have been chance where like their paths crossed back that's, in the '60s or whatever. So that well, I mean that blows my mind. That where like yeah, that's just crazy. So they were both in Nam. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. I think he got out. Let's see. He was born '49. I think he got out of service. I don't know. It was probably mid '70s. Something like that. Paul's dad also fought in Vietnam. So, yeah, yeah but they were both stationed in the same in the same area, so they could have seen each other at one point or had interaction at one point, not knowing that, hey, in fifty years, <laughs> right, <laughs> my non-existent son is going to marry your non-existent granddaughter. <laughs> wow, so that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Cool. So. Uh, anything so just thinking through other things uh, about about your podcast nope nope about Mm -hmm. anything this is your chance to talk about we can we can definitely double back on what a terrible daughter Suzanne is (laughs) no I'm joking she is wonderful she is wonderful you both are you're both wonderful in different ways we are different and Mark tends to come across as um, he doesn't want to show his emotion, mm-hmm. but he has a <laughs> lot of emotion when it comes to family. Yeah. Yeah. The number of times I've cried in this chair, I wouldn't necessarily I say. say I've, I've seen you cry more times than I've seen my dad cry. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yes. Um, but no, I, you know, I, I think, I think back on what my ancestors gave me mm-hmm. you know, and my grandfather Corbin when we left Mason City then he moved into the house because he had bought the house when my dad got the job in Mason City at right out of World War II and dad had already taught three years in college out, out after college and then his brother was killed in World War II so dad enlisted in the Navy and went in as an officer he was aboard ship and did the European campaign. Um, and then he came back to his home roots and taught there. And But Grandpa would, he quit farming, and Dad's younger sister, Jane, and her husband, 
well, it was Richard, but he we always knew him as Zeke. We did. Moved out onto the farm. And so I would spend summers back in that area. So I always stayed in contact with my classmates that I started grade school with. And I still do. I stay in contact with yep. them because we have an alumni banquet every year, yep. which I missed this weekend because I was here. But it's... Um, but my grandpa Corbin then put a pool table in the basement down in the boiler room, <laughs> you know, when you had uh-huh. those old-fashioned boilers. And so at a young age, then I started to learn how to play pool. So I think about the things that I've learned and, and yeah. everything. Um, Remember that pool table up in uh, up Palatine? In Palatine yeah. Oh, that slate and the corner pockets were the leather that uh-huh. crisscrossed. Criss-cross. Beautiful. 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 I mean, I, I learned how to play pool at my grandparents' basement, too. I mean, that's just, I think like everybody's grandparents had a, had a pool table hidden in the basement, in the musty old basement. Oh, such a beautiful table. I remember that table rolled so true. I was, that was the one thing I wanted us to bring with us to, to, from KC when we moved here, but parents were not up for moving a giant slab of of, (laughs) slate. slate. Well, cause yeah, back in the day there wasn't, now you can get like cheap pool tables. Oh no, this, this bastard back in the day, it was 800 pounds. Yeah. It was just Mm -hmm. those beautiful slate. I don't know how he got it there because it wasn't there when he bought it, bought the house, but it stayed when they moved down to hot springs village. They didn't, Try to get it out. Yeah, that, that's how that's how pool tables happen in houses now. Like right. it just stays. Like pools. It just well, stays. Just like, like pianos, <laughs> yeah. you don't move them. Yeah, they stay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. My grandmother Hagen had one of those player pianos, and oh, you'd nice. set and you'd mm-hmm. pump them, you know, mm-hmm. with your feet and and all that. So, uh, but family family get-togethers since they were so close, we'd go back and forth between the two. And they were always special. And then when I started, you know, got married and had a home, then eventually I would inherit somebody's piece of furniture (laughs) or a dish. Uh, Got Fiesta from my aunt. And those were prized. I mean, we'd always grown up with those. They were part of, you know, family gatherings. And today... You don't want those things. Yeah. So like, this is this is a big family sticking point because you know the funny party. There's some of that family stuff that you want because you want you want one or two pieces of that. Yeah. But the generation that you were when all of that stuff was so central to the family. To be honest with you, we don't have a big family. No. We have and a lot of lot a lot of we you, don't get together. Mm-mm. Because we're so far apart and distant. Right. Like this weekend was fabulous. You came through and it was you and I and Paula all weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's not like we all get together very often. No. No, it's not. We but, Zoom. So it's like, I mean, growing up, at least in my family, we had the the matriarch where we all went to during the summer. Did y'all have like that one head of the family where you all Probably grandma. To? We well, for up. you, it yeah. was you went up to Corbin's, Grandma yeah. and Grandpa's, her parents in, in Palatine, and sometimes we'd go up, and you'd stay for a week. I'd bring you up in the yeah. summer, and you'd stay a week or two, and then I'd come back up and pick yeah. you up. Uh, for me, uh, you know, it was just 
I didn't know anything else other than right. family. Because well, you all were so close, proximity-wise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But so we, it was, you know, in Paula's family, it's was her grandmother, and, you know, that's the, the as Sam and I were talking online, that we would always, Thanksgivings, we'd always get together around her grandmother, even yeah. though it was always at her mom's house, but it was always centered around her grandmother's. Yeah. Grandmother, and when she eventually passed, that quit happening. Mm-hmm. So it was like, yeah, my yeah. mind was like our Granny Bowen, because I, I, I'm pretty. Let's see, I, I don't know when she was born, but so the family got to the states in the early 1900s, I think like 1912 ish. So I think she was born here, but like I kind of remember her her accent still, but I think she died when she was. 70 or 80 so i was a little i was little but i remember the irish accent so that but we all met up at her house it was just a little farm up in yeah. northern north i guess northwest arkansas or in kansas before she moved down up there nice so. yeah there's always um there's that matriarch uh, in the older families, uh, mm-hmm. in, in, you know, and that that's going away too. Although I think a lot of families have that, but mm-hmm. it is um, as we spread out across across the world with uh, all the conveniences mm-hmm. the world yeah. office offers. Paula and I were talking because her father also winters out in Phoenix, down I think in Mesa. Yep, and uh, on I, some major road. Yeah. According to Paula. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'd never heard of it, but because uh, <laughs> I tend to be up in North Phoenix. Uh-huh. And, you know, I always go to a different apartment complex each year, mm-hmm. uh, the last two years. And, um, but I, I like driving because I've driven from coast to coast, uh-huh. driven to New York, I've driven to Florida, I've driven to Texas, where I was born. Not, I haven't been to where I was born, uh-huh. in Corpus, but uh, I do want to go sometime. I've driven to the West Coast several times. And I'm lucky enough that pretty much no matter where I go in the, co- in the country, I have a friend. Yeah. So it's <laughs> just wonderful to catch up. Well, I was just sitting here thinking, like, we have some people who really like our show that are in Phoenix. I mean... You're going to be celebrity to them. They might. Oh yeah. So might we have to were, treat you to a cigar now or so, something. Well, but I, I've talked. I mean, obviously, um, the one of the people, one of the groups that we really like is LCC, and they've they've opened a lounge out by mm-hmm. that. And so, you know, if we come out, we'll. And where is it? Um, it's in <clears throat> it's north of Phoenix, is my understanding, and somewhere between Tucson and Phoenix. I don't know. I forget exactly. well, the actual name. Tucson of the city. is south of Phoenix. Tucson. Okay, so it must not be between Tucson. So it's Tucson. almost it two be. hours, hour and a half, no. two hours south of Phoenix. If it's, it's north. north, the Cave Creek. I don't know. Let's see. You could keep listing places all day yeah, long, and I, I won't know. But they, um, somewhere near Sedona. Cottonwood? Cottonwood, maybe. Uh-huh. Cottonwood, Arizona. Yeah. Cottonwood, Arizona. Yeah, it's up by Sedona. Okay. Okay. So uh, Chris so I, and, I've always wanted to Chris go to and Tony and Ben. I want to I want to run that Sedona racetrack. That's one of my favorite racetracks. <coughs> right. So I've never heard of the racetrack. Uh, it's one. Of, it's got one of my favorite corners. It, it's hard left and goes downhill yeah, to he's a, right. He's an F one race. He's uh, bougie race so fan. Nice. So nice. I know. You're I know where the I know where the airport is, uh-huh. but I 
I've not, I'll have to scout that out. It's pretty nice. So, I mean, you're not far from the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to do out there. So it's, uh, yep. yeah, I, I, when I moved to Colorado, I, I knew I wanted to live in the mountains. I had never been in the city. I'd been yeah. by it with my girlfriend because I had a girlfriend that lived in Littleton that I'd known since junior high. So I went to stay with her for two weeks while I was interviewing for a job. And um, so I call over the phone to to reserve a a two-bedroom apartment and drive out there and get settled. And and she couldn't understand why I didn't want to move to Denver. And I said, because I'm... It was either it was either the mountains in Colorado or Tahoe, mm-hmm. and I decided to go to Colorado. Yeah. And so I lived on the mountain streams, and if somebody walked down the street of Idaho Springs, which is only thirty five hundred, counting the cats and dogs, then <laughs> you don't actually count the dogs in the population. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. Oh, we count the cats. Well. But if no. somebody walked down the street with a suit, <laughs> with a suit on, yeah. you knew, you know, that they were a salesman or they were something else. Dude in a suit, dude in a suit alert goes up. Uh, but the main the main street in Idaho Springs had pipes underneath it, heat pipes. So they were never iced over. And it stuff. never iced yeah. over it. Once yeah. once I saw somebody cross country skiing down the street. But, uh, and we lived, it was the banana belt. So 15 miles around Idaho Springs, the snow doubled outside of that area. But, you know, you had, you had it's your mud. banana belt? Banana belt, what it was called, because it was more so, temperate. It was where the convergence of the different mm-hmm. uh, mountain, you know, passes would yeah. come down. And, uh, um, it, I, and then I moved to a little town called Georgetown. Yep. which was 8,500 feet, maybe 900 I think people. that's where Bear was, close to where Bear was refurbishing that lady's floor, mm. where he was up there for a couple of weeks. He was refurbishing that lady's, like, summer home or winter home. Yeah, like the original oak floors. And the, mm. Oh, yeah. the beautiful floors. Yeah. And because and, uh, Bear, who's a f- super close friend of, and he was the guy who was on the herf, the guy mm-hmm. um, when in Little Rock who... who um, who Suzanne told you to listen to the podcast. He's a guy who we cried together <laughs> about, about, uh, well, doesn't matter why, but, um, uh, he lives out there and he could not agree with you more about not wanting to live in big cities. Oh, no. And it's location. I mean, realtors will tell you that property is location, location, he location. He doesn't actually care about property value. He just wants to be away no. from people. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Well, <laughs> He just wants to be somewhere that he can find peace yeah. to be mm-hmm. by being away from people. And there's a lot of mountain roads with a few houses on it that are exactly like that. There's yeah. a glacier up there, St. Mary's Glacier, mm-hmm. uh, that I would drive up to. Um, but I went to work for a short time when they brought the casinos and gambling into Colorado, and they picked uh, they they picked. Oh, help me. Um, Cripple Creek was one of them, and it was a silver mining town. And then they picked, oh, just right. It was right over the Oh My God Road. God, G-A-W-D. 
and it was potholes. It was, you know, originally. <laughs> and I would take that to work. Well, eventually, since gambling came, um, they put in and made the highways mm-hmm. much, they made four-lane highways on this beautiful. To make sure all the gamblers could get in there yeah. fast. Yeah, get could in, get, in get in there, in yeah. exactly. Um, but I worked at the Teller House uh, at, at the switchboards. And when they went in to put the casinos in, all they had to keep was the very front of the building, and they stripped the rest. So they destroyed the historical integrity of these mining communities. Yeah. Uh, and it was sad to see that happen. But it's, you know, it, it obviously brought a boon to that area. And, sure. You know, but I... World's a capitalist world right. now. And I'm not a gambler. I mean, you I've gambled a couple times with you, and you <laughs> said you should never go in. You should not gamble again, Mom. You should not do that. I do that. That bad, huh? Mm-hmm. No, she's fine. I just, the last time we gambled was down in Hot Springs. And so we sat down together, and so, um, and I gave give you money mm-hmm. you never gamble with your money you always gamble with mine and she so i gave her and i and i won 500 i gave her 100 bucks she won 500 immediately mm-hmm. and i quit and, and was trying to get her to quit and so she's watching me gamble like we're playing the buffalo stampede game which mm-hmm. you can gamble 25 cents or you can hit it and it's five bucks a push yeah. and she's going why are you winning more and i said well because i'm hitting the five buck button why don't you hit the dollar button and she's she's trying to learn and I go quit. You don't want to know how to do this. This isn't, she's very inquisitive. Yeah. Like I've spent the whole weekend because you trigger Paula, you don't know this, but then now it's, do you, do you know why they built the road over there? No, (laughs) I, I guess I (laughs) I spent the whole weekend going and then she triggers Paula into going, why did they build the building over there? Well, last night at supper, <laughs> right. you know, she, she, Paula was talking about if you have a home, you have a home on the side of the hill uh-huh. or mountain, uh, you don't want to have, have trees in front of you because you don't want it to ruin your view. Um, then a loud truck comes by and she goes, well, maybe you do want trees. <laughs> and then, Was it like a tennis match for you? Yeah. Well, I might as well <laughs> just give them my money when I walk in the casino. Yeah. But I had girlfriends. You never lose money when I'm w- there with you. Oh, that's good. Because so I give like you, you money, and then you always you always end up ahead. When sounds you like walk you need her. to go better. Yeah, it's like whenever we go to Vegas, and we I go, don't end up ahead when I walk in with her. It's like <laughs> so. It's like whenever we go to Vegas, and you know, since Mo's parents live in Vegas, and we always go to the casinos that are off strip. We go to yeah. Arizona mm-hmm. Charlie's. We go to the Cannery and stuff like that. And it's like. I mean, it's it's not the vibe that you're used to in Vegas. What you see, you're not. It's not the glitz and glamour. This is where the no. locals go, kind and of it's thing. It's not the noise. Yeah, but it's like when we go in there, she's always winning like bottles of wine and like hoodies and stuff like that. So it's like, yeah. like all of my work attire is stuff that Mia's won, and I love it because it's like the good thick stuff that the casinos are giving away that well, you're not going to use. In the, yeah, in the, the off strip stuff, they it's a different compensation package. Uh-huh. Like on strip, oh, they, they're giving oh, you they like tr- they the, the off strip stuff. They love the locals. They treat the right. Locals so the, like the compensation package is dialed for the locals. Uh-huh. So they're giving you hoodies. They're giving you stuff like they're mm-hmm. they're not giving you that stuff on yeah. strip because yeah. why would you want a hoodie or a, yeah. like a cooler? You're going to. Uh, 
I can get this back on the plane, right? Yeah. So on yeah. the strip, they're giving you like a shot of Patron or something. Mm -hmm. It's a different compensation yeah. packet. But we love, if you ever go there and you go off strip, go to Red Rock Casino mm -hmm. or the M because they're really nice. I've been in the M. The M's nice. Yeah. I, I, like, I like the casino you and Paula were married in. Um, that casino the is Riviera not, worth is not, visiting, <laughs> not worth visiting anymore because it's rubble. Okay. It's gone. Yeah, they tore it down. What else? What, did, what went in there? Um, I believe it's it's now referred to as a parking lot. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I haven't been to that in yeah. this trip in a while. Yeah. Well, when I they were going to build something there, but I think it's been delayed with the COVID stuff, but yeah. I don't know. Well, that and plus with the new um, Raider Stadium, they probably need as much parking as they can get. Well, that's the other end of the strip. The we other. got we got married by down by the Strat. So they were out on the east oh, side. Oh, you're down. So you were down by like uh, circus, circus circus areas. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, down there. Now, when I lived in Colorado, I had three girlfriends that I ran around with. We golfed up in the mountains, and nothing beats golfing and watching a deer come out. You know, it's just it's beautiful. Plus, your ball goes farther. Mm -hmm. We all antique shopped. So we would go all over, Boulder and Denver. And we all had a piece of depression glass that we collected and all four colors. And, mm -hmm. and then we bowled together. Uh, and uh, it was fun. And we went to the casinos together. And one of those girls was a twin. Her husband was a pilot for United. She could walk in the door and just the money would fall. <laughs> She would take me to play bingo down yeah. in Denver, and she had all these daubers, paint-colored uh, daubers. She would leave with all kinds of money. Yeah, you know, I just never have been that lucky. So um, this is this is the gambling advice. I don't know about bingo. I've not studied the bingo game. Oh. Maybe <clears throat> maybe there's a scam with the bingo game. Um, but how could that be? <clears throat> I doubt it. Weighted uh, balls. So I don't. When I say this, I have not historically studied bingo to tell you how it works. But next time you go to Vegas, go go to the Vegas sign and stand by the Vegas sign and then look down the strip and think to yourself, holy shit, look at all the casinos. Those are big buildings. And then ask yourself, I wonder how many people win in those big buildings mm -hmm. so Vegas that they can afford, Vegas wasn't they built can afford to build big. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, no. Yeah. Right. So yeah. if anybody tells you, because I've been to Vegas 50 times, 75 times, 100 times. Yeah. Um, if anybody tells you they win money consistently in Vegas, oh, yeah. <clears throat> I suppose you could at the sports book if you were really good at it. You'll, I, I've heard people say that, you know, like if you bet horses and you really know what you're doing. Eh, not last week's. Um, right. Want, I, I heard money. that as well. People but, want their money back. But isn't <laughs> but, poker less of a chance poker is more so poker so, the, the house really isn't winning on poker because you're playing against everybody else whereas, well mm -hmm. so the house takes rake yeah they take the so the, the the thing with uh, poker is um the low stake poker game the house takes enough money where really you have to be extremely good to make a pretty steady li living yeah um tournament and the rake for the house makes unless you're a really top pro. There's a lot of people that seem like they make a ton of money, but what they tend to make it is my understanding is on the side. Um, and 
at the high stakes, your variability is high. Yeah. So on the side, is that the betting? No. The side means that you have book deals and you have yeah, like, website oh. deals. and yeah. So like sponsorships. Okay. So like Phil Home Youth, it gets sponsored and a lot of stuff and people back him up and he has five books and he yeah, has a website. Full Tilt Poker. Full Tilt right Poker. Yeah. And he has, a, he has a TV show that he's paid for. Yeah. So he makes money being Phil Home Youth. Um, I don't know that he makes money necessarily playing poker. He may. Um, but to be honest with you, um, the problem with poker is you have to play millions of hands oh, God, to, yeah. to even get your advantage. And so well, I had a buddy of mine in high school who moved out to Vegas to become a professional poker player. And his goal was to every day win $500. He's like, sometimes I won it in the first three hands. Sometimes I had a grind for 12 hours. But... I mean, he did it for a few years and loved it, but his he got to the point where he started looking for the people who don't live there, that mm -hmm. don't really know the game. And this was back when, like, poker had that big boom in the, you know, so, 2010s or, two, like, yeah, late Yeah, so when Paula and I started going out there, so I've played poker for 30 years. I'd played local, I'd played local games. I'd played online. Mm -hmm. um, I'd... Uh, I don't, I'm not going to act like I'm a great poker player, but I'm a pretty good poker player. Yeah. I played up here. Um, and when I went out after the Chris Moneymaker thing happened and it was on ESPN, mm -hmm. you would walk into the poker rooms and you would sit at a table and there were six people who I would consider what's a term that I use, which is dead money. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, There would be, three people who are good poker players. And then there was maybe one person who was okay. And those tables you could make money at. Yeah. But by 2014, yeah, 2013, when that, when that boom was over, <clears throat> yeah. there were, there were eight people at that table who were good poker players. And there was one person yeah. who was dead money. And there was eight people trying to get that person at one person's money. Yeah. And with the house rake, then you couldn't do it. Yeah. You couldn't make money. I always like, that's why I always like blackjack. But only if I was first or last chair. That was the only. That's the. That's the only places I'll. I sit. need to explain to you the mathematics of why it doesn't matter. You're in the first or last. Well, no, chair. because I don't want. Okay, so there's two people. There's people randomly who, mathematically. No, there, there's, there's people who always hit on sixteen. There's people who always stay on sixteen. But right. I don't want that person like next to me. Like I was at a table one time, and a dude next to me split tens, and I about flipped that table over. I was Random, like, <laughs> randomly mathematically independent events. But still, I mean, you don't still, I'm just saying independent events because we're not playing against each other. We're playing against that one dude. The random mathematically independent events. The one thing I want to learn how to play is craps. Like it looks oh, I can fun, teach you how to play craps, but it's like, it's always, the are fun you ready table. to lose $1,500 in about five minutes and then win 2000 in about 10 minutes and then lose another 15 in the next five minutes. Well, it seems to be like, if you just give money away, you always win. So you want to give me the 15 and maybe I can turn it for you. I'm telling you, <laughs> craps is like is like a roller coaster. I'm telling you, the the best fucking game was War when I was at Aria. I haven't played War. That was the greatest game I've ever had. I mean, that was okay. That was fun. So was that the War, the card yeah. game? War? Yeah, the card game War. Like I was, we were walking around. This was my very first time in Vegas. I was there for a woodworking uh, uh, show, and walking around, and I see like the table games, and it says War, and I asked the dealer, I was like, "Is this like the like the the game you play when you're a kid?" Like. Yeah, straight up. I'm like, well, hell, I can do that. 
<laughs> start with 25 bucks, walked away with a little over 500 and it was the funnest. Like we had people just crowding around our table because it started with me and my buddy. And then there was a few other people because we were hooping and hollering. And by the time we were done an hour and a half later, the energy, I mean, built. there was like, yeah. there was 10, 12 people just yeah. watching yeah. and it was, it was so much fun. And then, you know, I got my money, went to Monte Cristo's, uh, I forget what casino that was, that, that one was in. I think that was in like Paris or something. Got a cigar and nice chilled mm. out the rest of the night. Mm. Smoke smoked on the house, you know. Nice. Well, they're gathering out there. By the time that people hear this, they will be in Vegas. Yeah, <clears throat> everybody will be in Vegas right now. JJ, while we're recording this, I believe is the only person. Maybe Double G is there today. Um, so they're starting together as mm-hmm. we record. Yeah. And uh, by the time that everyone hears this, the entire group will be out there. Um, which I'm excited. I I wish all of them safe travels and a super fun time. I, I, I'm just more glad that TPE is actually going on because with, with TPE going on, that means PCA is going to go on, and and it just means we're we're just that much closer to normalcy. Yeah. So yeah, a couple uh, housekeeping things. You and I need to call Dave to make sure that Johnny gets his cigar. Yes. And. Exciting news. Martinez released a new cigar going into, um, and I'm not going to butcher it, um, but it looks awesome. The the one with the blue label? Pala, Palatroni, yeah. something like that. Um, looks great. Talk I to Dave. I haven't seen it written out yet, so I don't, I'm not even going to attempt it. Right. <clears throat> well, I'm butchering it for you, mm. so appreciate it. I have a question for you, Mark. Yes, sir. You started smoking in Springfield? I started smoking in uh, cigars in Springfield. And why? That's my that's my Matt Gates answer. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, I um, that's a good question. Um, I I that that is a question we never asked our guests. That's a good one. You know the why, why? behind uh, you know with you your grandfather your yeah. dad. Yeah. It was a tradition. You'd grown up around it, so it was something. I don't, you know, I just want, uh, so the first cigar I smoked You weren't a cigarette smoker. I wasn't a cigarette smoker. Um, We went to Vegas. The first cigar I smoked was related to a a trip to Vegas. And um, so we went and bought a box of cigars. um, It was Mike and Jeff and Rich. And, um, was Rich the one that gave me the Betty Boop rug? No. Um, Rich was, uh, no. And, uh, and, and we all went out and so we bought a box of cigars. So we tried and they all hated it. And I think I smoked two thirds of that box of cigars. (laughs) That's when I was dating, uh, Cheryl. And about the time Susie got married. At the time Susie, um, no. Yes, about the time Susie got married. And you were still in Springfield. It wasn't Springfield. We bought it at a tender box in the mall. And so, and we bought it because we were going to be cool hipsters. Mm-hmm. And then we bought a, the, the Florafina 858. And then I liked that cigar. And this was early 90s, mid 90s? This mm. was 92. 92. Yeah. And we went to Vegas, and I really liked the cigar. I enjoyed the experience. And to be honest with you, um, 
it was it was more like when I was alone, I enjoyed it, and not as much because the the people who were smoking with didn't enjoy yeah. it very much. So, I enjoyed the experience. That's why I started. I think that's going to be a question I want to start asking people now is why? Why? That's because we we always ask you know we ask the normal like yeah. first most memorable stuff like that, but we've never ever asked why. I like that. Well, that's my, a good my parents smoked. My dad quit. Um, but my mom smoked up to her to when she died. Um, so it was always I was always in a car with somebody smoking. Mm-hmm. It was like, and when I was, I never smoked on my own in high school. I knew who was. Yeah. Um, I knew who drank in the class, but I never, I never got into that. Um, I did. Several of the guys that I dated in high school smoked the filterless cigarettes, mm-hmm. the Pall Malls and Camels. And only time I would smoke, I'd bum one of theirs, so I'd have one. And I do remember one time, though, when we lived in Kiwani, and behind our garage in the yard, the backyard was there, there was a row of shrubs. I can do remember taking a cigarette back there and trying it. And <laughs> I didn't, I couldn't understand why people liked it, mm-hmm. you know. And and I to this day I don't know. That's why I ask if you sm- start something you've never done, and you either like it or you don't. Yeah, I enjoyed the flavor initially, and then but I enjoyed the sort of the piece. We've Aaron and I have a long running conversation about whether we're introverts and extroverts, and it would seem very much. Like he's a total introvert and I'm a total extrovert. If and you I were would to know, disagree. See, and Mo would too. She calls me an extrovert, and she calls and she calls him an extrovert, and I'm very much a closet introvert mm-hmm. because I'm extrovert, and then a switch goes off, and I need to recharge by being by myself. And I always claim. You want to know if somebody's an introvert or extrovert, find out how they recharge their battery. And I recharge my battery quietly and privately. Yeah. So, like, when I'm done tonight after talking for a couple hours, uh I'm going to sit in my garage and smoke a cigar. And I may even jump on the hearth, but I will be quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can remember when you were at COD, College of DuPage. Yeah. uh, And maybe even DeVry. There'd be times when you and I would drive to sh- drive up there, yeah. And if he said five words yeah. the whole time, it would you know it, we didn't have that. So I, I I say this to people, and and I will say this to you now, and I don't know that I've ever said this, but and uh, I will say this to Aaron. If you're a friend of mine, and we've sat next to each other and been quiet next to each other, like not like wearing headphones, but quiet next to each other, then you're in my inner circle. Mm-hmm. Because I don't feel the need to talk because yeah. you're mm-hmm. one of my peeps, then you then you are, you're in my inner circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people, like we're on the inner hearth, like it'll be Stephen and I and Nigel. Sometimes we're just quiet, and that's because they're my peeps, and because I don't feel the need to talk. Because we were, you're in my inner circle, and yeah. so that that's the funny part. 
I am very much an introvert, surprisingly enough, because I talk it as part of my job all the time. Mm-hmm. And you guys are going to hear me on this herf talking a lot and yeah. or on this podcast talking a lot. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't. And I do think you're an ex- extrovert. Yeah. I think you jibe on being in part of the group mm-hmm. and being part of that give and take. Yeah. I, I, I agree with Mel. I'm an organizer. I'm a people person. Yeah. You are and, very much, you get energy from being in the fire. Yeah. And I enjoy walking up to a complete stranger and starting a conversation. It is fucking unbelievable. And a lot, and of, pe- a lot of people can't. It's not a 15 second conversation for mm-hmm. the record. Uh-huh. It's no. a 10 to 15 hour conversation. <laughs> and Dude, often, yesterday with often, the 65 Ford, yeah. I was, seriously. You want to know what kind of transmission? She, she got it out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, you know, because I, I guess I've learned, maybe through Dad, how to ask the right question yeah. and how to listen yeah. and how to, you know, yeah. just just create a, a, a conversation. And it's, it's, you can learn something from everybody. You can learn something from. You know. It's not a superficial conversation. I don't want to imply that because I think some people, but you do connect very quickly with people. And, well, and, and I think it kind of, since you said you wrote for a paper too, you know, I have a little bit of a journalism background as well. Do. So it, mm-hmm. it they kind of oh, go dove, together. They, they dovetail. Yeah. I mean, um, so, I mean, just, just with, you know, my years of journalism, I think that's helped me mm-hmm. with the more broadcasting side where I am a little bit more open into, t- I can talk to anybody and, and stuff like that. That I have very much like I've said, it, I've said it a hundred times. Like I could talk to Mark one-on-one back here for hours or I, I'm, and I'm just as comfortable talking in front of 50,000 people. Mm-hmm. It, that doesn't, that doesn't bother me because when you have that many people at all, it just looks like one you know, mm-hmm. amorphous blob at that point. Right. But yeah, I mean, you broadcast football games, you and you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, When I went to work for the newspaper, I was hired to to sell ads, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to do more, and so they let me, you know, like I said, write articles and that sort of thing, and then I pitched the idea to them that I every month I want to do a four page section Mm -hmm. and i develop it over the season i develop it over whatever and so in doing that i could gather some canned articles but most of mine and i would take pictures or have the photographer take pictures Uh, we'd do fashion we'd do cars we'd do fall fix-up we'd do solar energy Uh, and and i got to know people in the community and it was, it was one of the things that I really enjoyed at the newspaper. Yeah. You know, so it's, um, and I miss that because it, that type of thing, and even probably with broadcasting, it gets under your nails mm-hmm. and you never lose it. Yeah. Well, that's why I think I do this show now is because I just need that outlet mm-hmm. to, to get my production itch mm-hmm. scratched. Pretty much. All right. Did you get lotion for that? Should go see a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> all, all centers back there. Yeah. I know I know somebody who agrees with me on that. Yeah. yeah. 
So now growing up or even now later in life, when you think about your childhood, Mm -hmm. how would you describe me? Okay. (laughs) I mean, we, um, because we, we were so much alike. We are very much alike in a lot of ways. That Does that mean you clashed we a lot? We were clash. We would clash. We yeah. did at times. Mm-hmm. So, so first of all, I mean, um, fairly deep question. So, I'm I'm going to start with um, a, an obvious statement that um, I and I've said this before. So, and I will say this again. Um, I was incredibly blessed. You you we. You and Dad divorced when I was fourteen, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I came from two highly educated parents who were both extremely loving um, and um, incredibly supportive. And um, so, um, when I compare myself to other childhoods that I I realize like um, art when we sat down and talked to art whose dad left him when he was really young. Um, my childhood was fantastic, right? Yeah. I never wanted for anything. I got to do a million things. Um, got to be who I wanted to be. Got to fuck up a couple times and got second chances. Um, we are a lot alike and we did, I don't even want to say we totally butted heads, um, but um, we clashed a couple times. Um, I think of you as loving. Um, you, um, in some ways, I'm dialed like dad because I'm extremely logical and some of those things, but in a lot of ways, I'm like you. Um, and so. Um, I think of you as, I mean, you took care of Suzanne and I for a long time. Um, I think of you as loving and supportive and always there. I, I, I don't, I don't think of the clashing of heads. I mean, I, I know that stuff happened, but those aren't the things I obsess, obsess about. When I think back to our, to my childhood, I think of, First of all, I always focus on my behavior. This is a really deep question. Um, um, <laughs> I think what we do on our show. <clears throat> we yeah, do. Yeah, we do. I always think about the things that I did because in my life, I'm the only factor I can control. And I think of all the second chances that I got. I think of all the opportunities I've got. I, I Right now, I'm 54, soon to be 55. So I'm no longer a child. I'm, <clears throat> uh, I'm old. And experienced i'm old and um um i was given a ton of opportunities to succeed and i've I've taken advantage of a good number of those and let some of them drop um so um i think that my childhood was pretty amazing so um uh, i don't know when thinking of you as a mother i i think of you as um loving and I mean, to be honest with you, I think of uh, the things that I got from that I got from you and Dad was treating everybody fairly, 
always being fair and loving of everyone, being respectful. Um, uh, and, and those are the things that I got from both of you. Um, you always um, were, were big into that, right? Mm -hmm. Was You treated everybody respectfully. And I remember that. I remember those lessons that you taught me. Um, uh, I should, uh, I mean, the, the, the detailed answer I want to give to this isn't coming to me, but no, I, I, I don't think about our, uh, us arguing and clashing. I think about all the cool things we did and all the, all the things we got through. Um, you know, childhood wasn't perfect, but it was, it was pretty great. Um, and the, you know, the things that you taught me were pretty amazing. I mean, I, I don't, as a 55 year old man, I think of myself as being blessed by you and dad and all the lessons you gave me and all the opportunities you gave me. And, um, we're a small family, but we're, we're pretty damn tight. And mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I don't, I, you know, you know, the things I think about growing up are actually getting to know you, you grandpa and grandma and, and, uh, and, and the blessing that was and just all the cool things we did, you know, and, uh, you know, all the hard times we went through, but, you know, thinking about relative to other things that other hard times that people went through, we, we got through them pretty, uh, pretty unscathed. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I, you know, wish I had a better answer to this. I'll be honest. Yeah. I remember often turning the coffee table over on its side and putting a blanket on there. Yeah. In the living room. And that was our that was our fun escape. You know, we could we could play and make anything up we wanted. Yep. And the other thing I remember was that our house was the house that all the neighborhood kids came to. Yeah. We would at Christmas time we'd make ornaments. Yeah. But the kids were always welcome there. And I knew you know, I got to know your friends. Yep. And, um, you know, so it was. I always said that, and I think this is partially because of age, but I also think it's just partially because of you and dad, um, that we always were, and we had, you guys were both relatable to people our age. So we, we did always have the cool, cool house and all of that. So we, and we were always doing that. I remember doing stuff with you. And we were just always doing stuff. You were young enough, close enough to us age-wise where we were doing stuff. I grew, we were up, always I grew up with you. Yeah. You know, it, was, it was. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, it, it definitely, you know, that the age gap being so small. I mean, I'm 21 years younger than you. Mm -hmm. And I'm 20 and a half years younger than my dad. So, um, you know, that, you know, that means that. I played racquetball with my dad. He's still pissed about some of that stuff. Oh, I I used to play racquetball with yeah, your we dad, and yeah. I had I could get that ball to go right in the corner and drop dead. Uh, and he yeah. just he could not. Yeah, he couldn't understand if I could do that. Um, but yeah, we were competitive. Yeah, no, I uh, yeah, no. Um, 
and 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 learned you know dad and i grew up playing i mean he he started playing golf about the same time i think i did and so a lot of that but yeah no i i remember a lot of that i remember you know playing um with both of you like you know as a young a young kid just playing so and that that's a blessing you know and so no i it's funny, uh, we had Art on last July, and so we were talking with that, and him and I were talking about going through divorce uh, as a kid, and that, that and, and I, I, you know, we, we our, my childhood, and I'm sure Suzanne would agree with this, I mean, it wasn't perfect, and I don't think any ch- anybody tells you their childhood's perfect is lying, but ours was pretty great, so. Well, I remember... After the divorce, you got into golf. I did. And you lived at the golf course. I did. And, you know, Grandpa had moved in because... uh, Grandma had passed. Grandma passed the month after the divorce was final. And so Grandpa was there. And that third generation, and he... He was a blessing for us. He was, uh, and and a lot of lessons learned there. A lot of, a lot of chance to see him. I, I remember him a lot from those times. I remember him a lot before the stroke. So, um, um, I remember him. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I remember in Palatine when he would get the tractor out. Yeah, I remember. And that. it was a little dump. You know, yeah. he had a little cart behind it that he could pull. A release and the back would go out. Him, and Susie they, and I'd ride in the back, and then he'd drive us around, and we wouldn't know when he'd dump, dump us. <laughs> and yeah. they would just roll back in the yard. We'd laugh. Yeah, yeah. I remember him making uh, what was it, London broil, mm-hmm. and I, I remember Grandma. No, oh, that was great. It was. Uh, uh, I wouldn't trade. You know, you don't get to trade. It's you get chosen for what it is. But um, it was great, and I. The things I, as you get older, the things I remember are all the great things. Um, um, because uh, I have friends who had bad things, and and uh, it's it's clear that what I what I had was a blessing. Well, so. you've been a blessing. Susie's been a blessing. I I yeah. I've really lucked out in life. Well, I think uh, Suzanne was a terrorist. <laughs> Well, <laughs> she'll disc. We'll have her on the podcast. She'll come down. We'll, we'll let her rebut. How about that? Yeah. yeah. Get her yeah, side. She, she yeah. wanted to be on tonight. She did, um, and we probably could have let her call in, but uh, <laughs> I think we'll we'll give her time to work on her story. No, mm-hmm. my sister. Like I've sibling, said this siblings day or something. Well, I, I said this at her wedding to Rich. Um, she is probably the greatest person I know. So I I will say that in all seriousness, she is. Um, she is probably the greatest person I know. So not at first when she first arrived, you were you had a hard time. She was time. a terrorist when it, she first arrived, time. but she's she's grown into the role. Yeah. We all we all adapt. Yeah, and I can remember. You know, I used to do. I was the me- mechanical person in the house. You know, I would put up a new ceiling light. I would build yeah. things. I got and, none of that. Mark thought I could do anything and everything, but I couldn't. But um, you tried. Yeah, I'm just. You got the tools and. and Right. I have other skills. Mm -hmm. I can drink beer. (laughs) (laughs) So. Um, Yeah. So, 
Well, this has been a ton of fun. I know we're running on uh, almost two hours now. I know people are going to be. Uh, and they have, we haven't talked about cigars much. <laughs> no, we rarely do. Um, I've enjoyed this uh, uh, Placencia cigar. This is actually, um, I know you're not a big Alma fan. This is almost as good as the Almas for me. No, I like the Alma. It's the Fuegos. The that Fuegos. I'm not the, big, I'm not the big fan of. Yeah, um, I'm not a big fan of the Sixto, uh, but this is a really, really good cigar. This is the first I'd seen of this when I was walking through the humidor. This is a really nice cigar. It is. So this was, to, to talk about the blend, uh, wrapper is Honduran, the binder is Nicaraguan, and then the filler is Honduran and Nicaraguan. Um, so it has some nice spice to it. It has, it's a medium body, but pretty full of flavor wise um i this is it's it's not a timid cigar it has some complexity to it yeah and it comes with that with that honduran so it's it's produced from the placencia farm in honduras um you know i don't get i don't smoke a ton of honduran i don't either because it seems to be it means i mean the the big guy on the playing field right now is nicaraguan that's seems to be what everybody is gravitating towards Um, but yeah, this one's good. Um, you know, it's, this is the, uh, what size of this? This is the La Musica size. So it's like a Robusto pretty much. Um, but it's still a Robusto where, because I mean, I haven't talked a ton tonight, but it's a two hour smoke. It's been nice. It's very nice. With a nice, for a Robusto, nice, tightly rolled. Um, really good. Had to touch up a few times, but yeah, I mean, I, we sell these tons of placencia has a huge following nice they do nice work man they do awesome stuff and even the stuff that they do for other people as well um just really really good tobacco yeah um it's it's i don't want to clean isn't the word crisp but it's something yeah it fill that word with that something in you know whatever synonym for that is it's really really nice yeah um yeah, I, I like it. I mean, Rhino. This is this has been Rhino's go to. I, I mean, he just buys he just buys these by the box now. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, the, I I like Placencia a lot. It, the Fuego to me, which I'm the only one that gets that. I I get a lot of floral. I'm not the biggest fan of floral notes in cigars. That's the only reason why I don't like it. Sure. But it's mainly just from the Lancero version. But if you like a full body, I mean the the Armor Fuerte is there for you if you like something that's an odd shape the sixto is there for you that sits if you're gonna box smoke, press if you're gonna smoke the uh, that cigar smoke it in the solomon it is yeah spectacular yeah that size is a little much it's like a double gordo or something um, yeah the sixto yeah it's but it the, is the, the solomon the yeah. solomon is yeah the best size it, that, by that a, a whole one. magnitude that is a good one but yeah it's a it's definitely a good one. I'm glad that we now have this, and it sells absolutely phenomenally well here. It's just so it does well. So a couple of cl- uh, house cleaning uh, uh, items. Uh, we should talk to Doug about being on next week because we have the Perdomo event coming up here at the shop. I already have. Doug will be with us next week. Spectacular. It's like we are like um, honed in. Honed in. Um, Perdomo on the 28th in that weekend, by the way, um, good friend from Minnesota will be in town, uh-huh. um, uh, Caleb. And my understanding is that 
Axel uh, Rose will be in uh, Axel Fenway. <laughs> will be in uh, be in tow. Will not be in tow. Yeah, not here, him. But but they will be actually visiting. So it'll just be a Caleb sighting. Okay, awesome. So he will be spending a bunch of time at West End. And so another note to mark for that week: we also go back to ten o'clock closing time. About damn time. I know. <laughs> We had that doesn't to, matter to anybody but me. <laughs> so Thursday, so Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we're back, I, we're back to 10. I mean, I, right, because like I would have come in this week, but mm-hmm. at 7 o'clock I looked, uh, looked up and it was like 7, 10, and I'm mm-hmm. going, wow. So it was a nice little compromise that we had to do for Thursdays because I was pushing for keeping it at 8 Wednesday and Thursday. No, I understand. So we are no more, no more poker, but we're back to 10. I know you were pushing for that. So yeah. I, I'm glad we came to a compromise that allowed me to come in and smoke a cigar with you. I'll do that. Because so. I can't, I mean, because by the time I'm done with all the stuff I've got to do, it's yeah. too late. So. Yeah. Yep, so we're back to that. No one cares but me on that, but I care <laughs> oh, a lot. Oh, trust me. We have a lot of people that fucking care. Okay. Um, yeah, so first in-house event on the 28th uh, with Perdomo. Yeah. Um, next week, we're going to be smoking an all a different Perdomo um, just because we got an event. So we're going to smoke something next. different, all of us. And then we have the uh, we have the uh, event coming up in June. And then June is going to be Crux, which is going to be awesome. Hopefully, get maybe so get our Sam. newly engaged f- friend Sam, who Hopefully. by the way saw a live concert last night with wow. his uh, new fiance, uh-huh. who he was showing off because she's uh, attractive, and he was having a beer and a old school limited edition, which is all nice. Uh-huh. But he saw fucking Robert Earl Keen live, <laughs> which just could not have excited me more. Yeah. Concerts are almost here. Almost here. I bought tickets for Eric Church this week. Yeah, he's what, July? He is. Um, he's starting in September, but I bought tickets for next April in Little Rock. Okay. And next May in Las Vegas. Oh, right. So you can see him twice in the same. Yeah. Same, same A tour. A year from now. Same, I mean, same tour? Same tour. Okay. Well, cool. Well, this has been a pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been awesome. I'm glad you listen. Um, and and this is for those people who want to come on and talk about things that are inappropriate. This is confirmation that my mother does listen. And so when I say topics are off limit, <laughs> it's because my mother listens and we can't talk about those things. <laughs> and I just say no. Well, <laughs> do I share the comment that I made earlier about when you when we shared your apartment probably not <laughs> so my mom and i when i moved up to chicago and i complained at some point that i could not bring girlfriends back to my mom because my mom and i shared an apartment together she uh-huh. pointed out she could not bring boyfriends back either and which was factually true because she was single at that point so actually factually it was actually factually accurate so <laughs> i've drank beer with my mom we have not um because there's was we were laughing about um smoking the devil's lettuce the mm-hmm. other night and i said that one of my hard lines is i will not smoke the devil's lettuce with you although i don't smoke anymore i haven't smoked for 30 years um but they they were greatly amused that that was the apparently one line I had, and I said, "No, I will not." Well, yeah, I'm. I'm. I don't really like it either. You know, I lived in Jamaica. Uh-huh. Friends had it. Uh-huh. You know, they had a big paper bag, fresh. You know, with that, but um, you know, it's just not 
my yeah. my cup of tea. Well, this has been a pleasure for me. Um, and I tell Aaron I love him all the time because I do. But um, I'm, sitting, I, I'm, I'm sitting second wheel on this one. Right. Yeah, yeah I think so. I, now I'm going to say I love you to the first person I loved on the face of this earth, okay. to my mother. And Happy Mother's I, Day. Thank you. And, uh, and, and one of my great role models and uh, one of the people in the world that means the most to me. Mm. I remember the day you were born. I do not. <laughs> <laughs> I feel sad with that, but um, uh, I do not. But, you know, you took a while coming. I'm slow. Well, I, I can was, see he's a it giant. Was two, well, he, it was a two and a half day <laughs> labor of, but, of love. But in comparison to Suzanne. Suzanne, I told, I told Mark, my husband, uh, when he got up, I said, I think we need to go to the hospital. And so my girl, we had to drop you off at Carol's, Carol Kaus. And Susie was born right around noon. They were wheeling the food carts away. And I said, please bring me something to eat. I don't think I could have done that with you. I was exhausted. I think I used every <laughs> word in the book for my doctor. Um, and that was because I was worth it. Yeah. Jesus. That was before air conditioning. <laughs> Jesus. That was like how long feeding, ago? <laughs> that was the, you're feeding him lines. Oh, man, I love it. He's writing all this stuff yeah. down his head. I want to talk to you off air, get some more liners. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, we, I've, I've enjoyed this. Good. This has been we, awesome. I have to. So maybe next year I'll talk my mom into doing it. Yes, that That'd would be, be awesome. Great. Yeah. All right, well, we will see everybody next week with Dougie Fresh. Dougie Fresh, about time we had it back. I know. So, we'll see you on my new Be the good. Later.